Fuck, I don't like sobriety. This is gonna get weird. Welcome to the GNA podcast where we start late and then we start late some more because people can't figure out how to use their mics. Staring at you, vintage. <laughs> uh, we are actually joined by a live uh, studio audience. Uh, not really a studio audience, a live video call audience. We actually got Microbrew hanging out and watching with us because Microbrew was a little slow on the draw and did not say that he was going to be here right away. So he gets to sit in the corner and just watch while we beat our meat. <laughs> We're being joined by a fun crew tonight, though. We've got Blue Shark joining us tonight in that that sexy, sexy bot of his. He's not wearing his little brother's shirt, though. So my nipples aren't chafing because they're so hard. They're actually quite nicely just erect. How you doing, Blue? I'm having a shitty-ass week. Sounds about right. Yeah. I've been working a lot, and I've worked over the holiday weekend. i got to go to work tomorrow, and I haven't seen my fiancé in a few weeks. God, it sucks adulting, doesn't it? It does. It really does. But I'm going to take your advice, and next weekend, I don't care what they say. Uh, yep. Yep, I'm not there. You tell them to go fuck themselves. You have got plans. And we got Damoc joining us tonight. Damoc, how you feeling, man? Uh... I'm doing better, I think, maybe. Yeah, it maybe. seems that it, I, I'm assuming that you've got to be feeling like you're in your 20s since you're looking, you're dressed like you're in your 20s. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like I'm 20. I've lost a bunch of weight, but I'm pretty sure that I'm actually really sick. No, that's a no bueno. Like, like, like flu virus sick, right? Not like your liver just quit kaputsky sick. Uh, well, my boss has been walking around for the last week at work with, uh, strep throat C and not B, so that's fun. Why is he at work? Because <laughs> strep throat B is the only test that they have that's the instant test for strep throat. Strep throat C takes uh, a couple days to cultivate and grow to see if you have it. Is it okay. weird that I've never had strep throat in my life? Yes, there's something wrong with you. I'll give it to you. Come over here and kiss me. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I'll be up tomorrow. We'll sit down. We'll watch. Dude, and you're, dude, she has seen Event Horizon. Dude, probably. But we, she's dumb. Dude, that night I came over and there was like, you know, a room full of, I think, teenage girls. And they're all watching horror movies. And you're like, well, it's going to be a bunch of, I'm like, dude, I just want to watch horror movies. You're like, okay. And I literally sat there. They like One of the first movies we watched was Event Horizon. Yeah, dude, you're like, how old? Those girls are like 15. That was kind of weird. It was kind of weird, but it was okay because I taught them how to eat uh, cheese balls with chopsticks, and I got to watch a whole night worth of horror movies, so it was a win-win for me. That is very true, and you were supervised by actual adults. Yes. Not me, but the actual adults in the house that were yeah. me. Yeah, there was supervision. <laughs> we got potassium hydroxide with this evening. How are you feeling, man? 
Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I uh, got approved uh, from my apartment, moving up to Fredericksburg, uh, possibly Sunday, Monday. Moving on up yeah. to the east side. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we've got we've got a man that is so intent right now with something on his screen. I'm hoping it's porn. We're being joined by Vintage tonight as well. How are you doing, Vintage? Pretty good. I'm devil fisting right now. Take that how you'd like. You're probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I got I got a drink in each hand, one stronger than the next. This is uh, going to go downhill quick. Please stick along for the ride. I love that picture, Damoc, of the of the DeLorean crashed in on the nativity scene. That is by far one of my favorite pictures I've seen of it. Go back! Go back! Go back. Oh, man. Well... Let's kick straight into this, since we always seem to take way too long on these shows. So, what is everybody drinking? Let's go around the room. Blue Shark, I can see some amber gold sitting in that glass. What are you drinking, good sir? <laughs> I know it's just a trick of the light. It's actually a glass of water. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm channeling Gravemind, because I remember any time I listened to the show, he always had two drinks, not one. So, um, I have, uh, here, um, a, uh, and I've never heard of this one before. It is, uh, a Sour Brett Triple, 9.5 alcohol by volume, and it's, uh, Victory Brewery, which is in, uh, I think Paddington, Pennsylvania, and it's, uh, the Sour Monkey. Um, oh. And, uh. It's got a monkey uh, with a silver twisted tail, and he's got like three hands. I think he's trying to do the hear, see, but he's missing the speak part. And then he's got like a, this long ass green tongue. Um, <clears throat> I really have no idea what a triple is. Um, other than that, I found like it had to do something about with like a lowland area, and then like a sour Brett. I've never really heard of something like that before. Um, but I know it's like a, it's a German hop, a Tetnang. It's probably not how you say it. It's more like, it sounds like Japanese to me. But, um, it's a Pilsner malt and, uh, it's got that Pilsner color to it and like that light amber color, not that deep, dark lager color. And it's sour. Um, it tastes to me like, a like that screaming reels. Oh, I liked that. But um, I think it's got more of an alcohol kick than the screen reels does too. But it's sour, and there's not a whole lot much more to it than that. I really can't taste any like multi flavors to it. It's just sour. I mean, I like sours, so it doesn't bother me. It's uh, an easy drink if you enjoy like sour stuff. It's not. Doesn't have a bite to it like you would get out of, you know, something with a higher IBU content. It just has a nice sour taste to it. And uh, let me try one more time to see if I get anything different. Yeah, looking up at the looking up at the ceiling helps whenever you're drinking a sour. Yeah. I have no fucking clue. I don't drink sours. No, it doesn't help. It doesn't do a lick of a difference. <laughs> nope. It's just sour. I like sour stuff. We made a wine once before, uh, my buddy Z and I, we made one that was, uh, we messed up something. 
enough to that it made like a nice little sour kind of like aftertaste to it and i love it um but anyway moving away from the uh the victory uh sour monkey i have here a glass of well the ice is melted at this point um of a uh bacardi uh silver rum and it's uh mixed with uh some lime juice so i'm drinking sour and sour rum i literally was just about to say did you mix that with lime because that is a really yummy drink if you do that it is i wasn't gonna mix it with soda because i really wasn't feeling carbonation tonight you know twice but uh it's the the bacardi silver rum surprisingly is it's smooth it's got a little bit of a burn near the end um but uh, once you start drinking enough, you don't feel the burn anymore. Uh, so it doesn't have that constant bite that you get uh, or constant burn from the finish. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I blame you uh, because I've uh, been talking about rum a lot lately and uh, I've just been feeling rum. So I'm drinking rum tonight. I'm, I'm always feeling rum. I'm feeling rum, rum inside me, deep inside me. What are you, potassium hydroxide? What's your, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I started off the evening with a rogue beer. It is chocolate flavored. It was a, uh, it was nice. It, it had a, a deep, you know, like a dark chocolate. I would think of like 80, 85% dark chocolate. Uh, that was pretty smooth. But then just before the show, I opened up my dark hollow and rogue has nothing on it <laughs> great choice man dark hollows a go-to so good oh yes so i think you might have some experience with some of that sour monkey oh yes actually i had it last week and uh not my choice from victory uh, i do prefer the original but the sour monkey in terms of a, a sour beer i really do enjoy very nice so what are you Damoc? what are you drinking you're not feeling well are you drinking anything I drank three liters of water today of my favorite Deer Park water. I drank one on the way to work, I drank one at work, and I came home and pounded my last one that I had. So in honor of drinking three liters of fucking water, the girlfriend was very kind enough to me to uh, purchase some Golden Monkey. So, fuck it. More water. I was going to say, more water and uh, and some more victory. Looks like everybody's getting some. Fuck you, Damoc. Drink water. See, unfortunately for me, did. Victory is sold out in the original flavor here uh, where I'm living right now. So the only thing I have to offer is the Sour Monkey. So I, I swear to fucking God, dude, if you come up here and you start drinking all my Golden Monkey so it's sold out everywhere, I'm coming to get you. Uh, who, who told you about the Golden Monkey to begin with? Me, myself, and you. <laughs> Very nice. What about you, Vintage? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a couple things because I've had a bit of a rough week and haven't partaken whatsoever since last Saturday. Um, I'm about to finish up a white Russian wheat ale from Shafly, which is absolutely delicious. It's got this amazing vanilla aftertaste to it. In my other hand, uh, I'm sipping through my favorite bourbon, which is uh, a Bibb and Tucker Tennessee bourbon. It's a six-year. It's very delicious, very warm on the oak and caramel notes. One of my favorite things. And then I got next to me, which is about to uh, about to grace my throat hole after I finish this uh, white Russian wheat ale, 
uh, some of the DC Brow Joint Resolution Hazy IPA that they just came out with. One of my favorite IPAs, hands down, since I found it. It's surprisingly smooth. I remember a few episodes back, you guys were mentioning the Flesh and Blood IPA. I think uh, that's what Blue was drinking. How it's just the quintessential in terms of smoothness and like a great entry one. This got my girlfriend, who cannot stand IPAs, to be obsessed Wait, with What was it. the name of that one? It is DC Brow Joint Resolution Hazy IPA. Nice. Voodoo Ranger does a hazy yeah. IPA that's really nice, too. Yeah. I love the colors on the can. You could see how they were, like, not sure about it at first, because there's a gap. It's not a actual, like, pointed right onto the can kind of uh, label it's wrapped on like uh like one of deer uh damox deer park bottles yeah it's good stuff uh i will be through at least two of these within the next 10 minutes that's how good it is very nice and i myself am drinking something i found last weekend i went up to my brother's house and while we were there we stopped by the liquor store and as we went in of course the guy at the liquor store said hey um are you are you looking for your 21-year-old? We're like, uh, no, we're looking for something else. So we went and we've got some Methuselah rum, but that's not what I'm drinking tonight. While I was there, I also found a bottle of 23-year-old Kirk and Sweeney. And if you guys remember from Zyber, he was going up and down on how good Kirk and Sweeney 23 was. And I could not get 23 at the time, but I could now. And I have to say, Kirk and Sweeney 23, I like it. Um, now my description of this is going to be like, you like it because of that. I like it because it is really super, it's not offensive. It's a, it's got the nice sugarcane taste to it. There's not a lot of other notes to it. It's really just a, when you think of rum, this is, this is, this is exactly what you think of. Uh, only instead of having that bite, that alcohol bite, this does not have any of that alcohol bite. It mixes incredibly well. I had it both straight and I have it in a mixed drink right now. Both ways are incredible. Again, it is a very non-offensive rum. So if you're looking for something with a lot of flavor, a lot of bite, um, a lot of notes and stuff like that to it, I don't think this is going to be it. But if you want a nice smooth rum, something you can sip on all night long, this is the one to go for. Uh, we, Me and my brother drank through that bottle of Methuselah rum between the two of us, and it took us a little while to get through. I think we would have gotten through this bottle in about half the time because that's how smooth it is. Next segment, State of Games. State of Games is where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week or we pontificate on how we just feel games are in general today. So let's reverse that order. Let's go back around there. Vintage, what is your State of Games, man? Well, over the last week, and a couple weeks for that matter, I haven't had a ton of time, so I've been picking up Minecraft wherever I can. It's the first time I'm actually dedicating real time to it, as opposed to kind of just, like, fucking off after the first couple of days. Like, oh, built the house, oh, got these resources, found diamonds, and then, oh, another game. But, uh, I actually am starting to get into Redstone, so this is a huge step for me, because I kind of told myself I would get back into... Minecraft a few months ago. I remember talking to Damoc at length about it, and he's like, I will not touch that game. But uh, good on you for, for wanting to learn something. And I was like, yes, this has no real world <laughs> real world uh, <clears throat> implications, but I want to learn Redstone. And um, 
I literally got to experience my first lag busting session to solely just improve my frame rates to make sure that at any given time I only see a little bit of my base. So that was, uh, that's cool. But, um, I'm just surprised I'm sticking with it because it's been a very long time since I've stick stuck with honestly any game for more than a few weeks. Uh, I think maybe the last time I can strongly remember is like early Call of Duty days, like COD 4, Modern Warfare 2, or Battlefield 4, Battlefield 3, where it would just be, all right, that's the only game for the next six months kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to be playing it again. And I'm playing Pocket Edition, actually, on uh, on my iPad. I just updated it to the iOS 13 beta, and I can actually use an Xbox controller with it. So it's a win-win. Damoc, don't tell the boss, been playing a lot at work. <laughs> It's uh, easy to hide. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> really I own just... Minecraft on probably every platform it's available on. I really do. Oh, yeah. I, not that I play too. it on every platform, but I bought it way back when it first came out. Then when it came back out, I rebought it. I bought it for the PlayStation. Then I bought it for my kid's Switch. I think I've got it on Xbox because some of it got off for a reason, but I just, I've got almost every version. They've gotten so much money out of me, it's, it's not funny. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got every version, too. Let's see. I got PC. I bought the Windows 10 version before they gave it to everyone for free for having Java. <laughs> and then the Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. Did they come out for it for with it for Wii? Am I remembering this correctly? Or was that just like a te- was it teased at that time for the I don't next remember system? it on Wii. If it was, I got it. I got it on Xbox 360, PS3. <laughs> I got it all over the place, man, but... That, that's a timeless game, and they keep actually adding things. Like, everyone thought it would be a bad thing when Microsoft bought Mojang, but after the first, like, year that they've owned it, they actually put some pretty substantial updates out oh, there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Mr. 1-Up? I've got it on Etch-A-Sketch. I've got Minecraft Etch-A-Sketch Edition. Beat that. Uh, I like to play Minecraft with sticks in the dirt. Fuck off. I have a <laughs> Cecil Power Phone, and it's made for gaming. <laughs> And I have uh, mobile Minecraft. I like to draw pictures into my dirty rag. So <laughs> they resemble are Minecraft. We, oh are you hearing a, a GNA Minecraft server now? <laughs> yeah, do you, yeah, it's at my house. <laughs> Demolition time, Come on over, man. Um, I got the original Minecraft. I got a shit ton of Legos, man. Come on over, let's do this. Now that all that I'm down with. I will do that. I will play with Legos every day of the week. You got any Lincoln Logs? That's my childhood right there. Lincoln Logs and Legos. Best crossover ever. And then when I was like maybe 10 or 12, introducing Connects to the mix, be like, oh, now there's a roller coaster running through my log Lego hybrid. Nah, nah. See, I, didn't, I stopped using Lincoln Logs after in kindergarten. I found an actual log in with the, in with the Lincoln Logs. And that just completely scarred me from Lincoln Logs for the rest of my life. Are you talking wood or the other not kind Not talking of wood. There may have been some fibrous material in there, but it was <laughs> not wood. Hey, adapt, improvise, overcome. That shit can be co- turned into fiber. You can start crafting I was, other I things. I was not like, a marine Be realistic. <laughs> all right, what about you, Ko? What's your state of games, man? Oh, I am, I am all over the place at the moment. Uh, I'm playing Wakfu. Uh, which is a, um, I'm going to compare it to Final Fantasy Tactics, a turn-based MMO, uh, lots of grind, and 
Damoc has got me back into World of Warcraft Classic. I'm downloading it now as we speak. Son of a bitch. How much is that? <laughs> 15 bucks if you already have World of Warcraft. So, you know, that that's kind of like the, 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 the deal that kind of sealed it for if me. If you ever had an account, if you ever had a WoW account, and you can reactivate it, it's 15 bucks mm-hmm. a month, and you get Classic and Current Retail, and now they're talking about they're going to give everybody the newest expansion for free that is back to playing classic yeah i can't spend 15 dollars a month on a game yeah yeah that reminds me of the runescape days that's the last time i paid monthly for for any mmo but yeah world of warcraft is big enough at this point i like that they're going if that's true that they're going free uh free expansions that's that's big deal. that's that seems to be the trend it's kind of deceiving the majority of the content most people skip like if you were to play it now, you'd most likely you know rush past most uh, the majority of the content you, to, to get to the current gameplay. So you'd be playing, you know, I think is not Legion, uh, Battle for Azeroth, and that's where the majority of the gameplay is at. So, so hold on, how far back does Classic go? So actually? Classic is the very beginning of the of the entire game. We're talking, you're talking like Molten Core. Um, Oh gosh, I don't know. Give me a year so that I can kind of roughly estimate where I got into WoW. 2004. <clears throat> 2004, yeah. Okay, cool. Because in like 2005, 2006, I just have tremendous memories of neither my cousin and our, or I could afford a WoW subscription. So we just kept making free trials and race each other to max level <laughs> in the uh, in the trial version. We had too much fun with that. But that would be interesting to go back. Is, <laughs> did they have any expansions in the first two years? No, no. So that would literally be going back to like my childhood. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, so what else did I play? Uh, I'm still playing Black Desert, but it's kind of more casual. I'm just kind of AFK fishing and letting that run in the background. Uh, and then I picked up Diablo 2 again, but I'm modding it. Ooh, with what? Yeah, uh, Midian XL, which is like the largest uh, modded version of the game uh, available th- uh, at the moment. Total conversion mod. Total conversion. Every class is completely different. There's there's new monsters. It, it plays differently. I don't know how I feel about the the gameplay because I'm playing a what's called a neutral din, which is kind of like an Auradin from uh, the original Diablo 2 in Lord of Destruction, uh, where I'm just running around doing nothing and everything just dies around me. Uh, it feels a lot easier currently, but I'm only in nightmare at the moment. Yeah, once you start jacking those level ups, that's where it uh, that's where it gets fun. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see you know how well this game this version of the game scales. Very nice. What about you, uh, Damoc? What's your state of games there, man? Um, Wow Classic, dude. I started it on the weekend on the three day. I have not stopped playing it. All right. So Wow Wow Classic, aka RimWorld. No, no, no. I've played a lot of RimWorld. I put RimWorld to the side. I am playing World of Warcraft Classic. I It's nostalgia, plus it's... I missed it. It was a lot of fun. I loved Vanilla WoW when it came out to begin with. And yeah, it's fucking great, dude. So what class are you awesome. playing? Uh, well... Okay, so I'm playing a Human Warlock. I know. Fucking Alliance. I'm always playing Horde. But when I first started playing... All my friends played Alliance, so I started Alliance. I figured going back to Classic, I'll start on Alliance again. 
Uh, human Warlock only because I can get a free mount and then hopefully get him up to 60 and use him as a grind machine to level a whole bunch of alts until, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And then we lose you to Cyberpunk 2077. If you ever see me again, can we again, talk cyber t- for a minute? Can we seriously talk Cyberpunk 2077? Uh, for we'll a get into it in a second. We got to get through State of Games. Okay, cool. What about you, Blue? What's your State of Games? So, um, the only reason why I got really into gaming in this week, uh, outside of Pokemon Go, um, was uh, because of the Hurricane. So I played uh, Legend Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I have finally defeated one of the temples, um, which in this case, these are these um, sacred beasts uh, that are like machines that have been taken over by um, uh, Ganon. And so I was able to free one of those, and now I've been moving around in the world trying to explore the uses for certain precious materials and uh expand my uh hearts so because my hope is to get the damn master sword before i get down to the last um temple but i don't know if that's going to be possible with the uh the number of uh shrines i'm going to have to defeat but i'm overall i'm I'm happy with the game i well first off i want to just say this i didn't know temples had feet so how you got the feet off of them i will never know (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I'm impressed. They were stoned. They were stoned. They were stoned temple pilots. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Could you say by the end of it you were very dead and bloated? No, uh, I'm still alive. I'm still doing fine. Oh, wait, you're making a joke. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Come on, man. Come on, that's literally the song that got me into STP. I know. Like, way before tripping on a hole in a paper heart. Now, that's that's completely odd, because I didn't know that you were that into oil, but obviously I, I didn't know you as well as I thought I did. Uh, my state of games is actually... I've, I've actually gotten a little bit of gaming in this week. Uh, I'm actually kind of proud of myself. Um, mostly because I've completely ignored school, and I've played some video games. Uh, I've played uh, a bunch of No Man's Sky, We've been checking out the the Beyond update, and quality of life changes. I like it. Uh, there's still some things that I think need a little bit of work on it, um, but just like I've been saying all along, it's it's getting better. I'm I'm definitely liking. I definitely like how Hello Games is still supporting their product. Uh, you know, they didn't just grab the money and run. And I still it still blows my mind that they've been supporting this game for what was it a year year and a half now. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually, I have to give them credit. As much as I kind of dislike the game, I gotta give it to them. They they are pushing out new updates and improving it. Hasn't it been longer than a year or so now? Almost two years? I think, what, did that game come out in 2016, 2017-ish? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I just know it's been out for a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I give Hello Games super props for maintaining it, and all the stuff that they've been releasing has been free. You know, they haven't been, uh, they haven't been charging anybody anything. So it's pretty cool. Now, do you think that's where everything's heading? I know we mentioned it earlier with WoW, but I mean, isn't everything heading to like free long-term content and just like hopefully non-predatory microtransactions? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we start, we're seeing a lot of games do that, and I mean, I think the big flip we're about to see might be Call of Duty, but we'll see. If, if Modern Warfare does the flip like everybody's hoping that they do, that's, that's a trend center right there, because I mean, we saw the success of Fortnite with all the free content, and they're making all their money off microtransactions, and that shit doesn't even affect the game. So we'll see. Yeah, and the rest of uh, the rest of my gaming has been. I found a cool little um, phone app, or, you know, phone game called Horror Field. And if you played Dead by Daylight, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of an isometric version of that game, uh, a little bit simplified. Still pretty fun, really good, really honestly, really enjoyable. I mean, they've got microtransactions in there, but you can just play and unlock everything, and it's really so it's not that bad for the microtransactions and the unlocking, you would think, you know, oh, they're just going to make progression stupid slow. It's really not that bad. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a fun little game. And actually, just before the show, I was playing some more of Man of Medan. I, I really, really dig that game. It's got, it's a nice little horror niche. Um, it's, it's scary without being too scary. And it, it really, it just brings me back, like, Damoc, what you're talking about with nostalgia... This game has this level of nostalgia with it, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it just, it brings me back in so many ways of the old horror that I used to enjoy uh, just as a kid. Um, I really dig it. So, I mean, it's a new game. It's movie quality almost from what I've seen of gameplay. They kind of made it with the, the new style games, but I could be completely wrong. I've only seen brief gameplay of it. And it brings back nostalgia of, like, old horror, like, 80s, 90s horror? Yeah, so, like, it's it, it definitely has that Tales from the Dark Side, um, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Cat's Eyes, like, those old, short horrors, like Twilight Zone or uh, Outer Limits, where you get, like, a short, compact story of horror, but... The fun part about this is that you kind of you you know you control which way it goes, so it turns out either incredibly horrible or incredibly good. Um, I was actually just playing it just before the show, and I was playing a path that I had never seen before. So I had I've gone through the game, I've already beaten it, and the game is short. You know, there, there's there's no there's no argument there. I wish it was a little. <clears throat> pardon me. I wish it was a little bit longer. It's about four to five hours if you go at a very slow, steady pace to get through the entire game. But I'm going through it for a second time, and I plan to go through it a third time because I want to kill everybody. Uh, Daylight Dies, uh, I think, is the one you were playing? Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. It's the one with the the creature. You're in the woods cabin and shit like that. I think you were playing it during Extra Life one year. Um, Multiple different people that were meeting, right? And you had, like, a guy who would, like, do, a, like, a psychological test. It was some actor named Vaze Me Now. That was Until Dawn. I was playing that. That's made by the same people, uh, Supermassive Games, who made this game. That one. That one seemed longer. That was longer than four hours, wasn't it? That's about a nine or ten hour... So somewhere, actually, between eight and ten hours, depending on how quickly you play. Uh, but still had the same multiple endings and multiple different ways that you could get through it. Honestly, mm. I thought that game was a little too long for the amount of times I wanted to replay it. So I only got to replay it 
two two times past my first, and I wanted to go through it a third time because there was a couple of different avenues I wanted to go down, but I had gone through it all so many times already. I just didn't want to devote that much more time to it to get through it again. I'll probably go back and do it again though because I want to. I'll eventually want to see that that uh, that path. Well, Zelda Ocarina of Time, I wasn't a speedrunner, but that would take me a while to go through, and I've replayed that game like three times, and that was, to me, I, I, I mean, I'm going back on what I had done as a kid, I felt like it was longer than, I was around like maybe nine, ten hours to play, but to hear like a game is only going to last you four hours is... I'm a little disappointed with that aspect of it. So, and I and I can agree with that. So, the shortness of the actual from beginning to end campaign, that it is it is short. And as I said, I, I wish it was a little bit longer. Uh, I think the thing that they're banking on, though, is the amount of time that you're going to try to replay it, because you go through it once, and it's sure, it, the, the thing that is really attractive to me, me being a person who really does not have a lot of time on my hands right now, so I don't have a lot of time to jump into a game. And devote 20, 30, 40 hours to a game. Like, I would love to play WoW Classic. I do not have the time to play WoW Classic right now. Like, there is no way humanly possible that I could fit WoW Classic in there unless I physically cut out the hour and a half that I sleep a night. Then I would have an hour and a half that I could play WoW Classic. That would be it. And I think I could probably pull that off for maybe a month and a half before I actually have a psychotic break. Yeah, kids, honestly, I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about state of games, but don't do crack. Don't. Don't do crack. Don't play WoW Classic unless you have time to dedicate to it. I get to play two to three hours a day, and that's not enough. And I'm just like, oh, I want more. But I'm still adulting. I'm still going to work. I'm still doing stuff with, well, I'm doing stuff with a girlfriend, some stuff with the kids, you know. Here and there. Hopefully not Still the same. Adulting. Hopefully not the same stuff with the kids that you're doing with a girlfriend. Uh, well, I mean, I just kind of stare at them and awkwardly just throw things at them. So yeah, I mean. Oh, so it is thing. the same thing. Okay, okay, that's that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so so Man of Medan, I it's it's super attractive to me because it is kind of short and compact, and I can get through it and explore. So I'm like, I don't. I, I've said this before on the show. I am an explorer at heart. I love finding those little hidden things. That's why I, that's why I love No Man's Sky. The game is really designed around exploring. Um, and that's why I love it. And that's why I love Man of Medan is that there's little things like, like here's a for instance, in my original playthrough, I had all five characters together at all times until they finally got to the, to the big boat and they did a split on the big boat. But they were literally all together at all times until they got there. This time around, one of my characters actually stayed on the little boat, and all the other characters went to the big boat, and when things started going down, all of a sudden, that guy who was on the little boat comes climbing out and actually has his own story away from the rest of them, and it's a completely different path, and him going down that path made it a completely different story, because at one point in time, he freaks out and starts attacking someone, and this time around, he didn't do that. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually pretty cool. So it, it is it is a short game. So if you're looking for a game that's got, like, you're going to be able to crank through it once, get a story, get closure, and you're going to feel like you've spent some time with it, Man of Medan is not that. But if you are a person that likes going through a bunch of, bunch of times, like replaying is something that you're interested in, 
Uh, there's a lot of cool little things in Man of a Dan. Um, but man, I really want to talk about it, but I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody if they plan to play it. Well, I kind of plan to play it now. I didn't realize that it was going to be like 80s, 90s nostalgia horror. That sounds interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's so it's full of some cheap jump scares, just like 80s, 90s horror. It's got some really cheap jump scares. It's got some actual genuinely good jump scares. Like it ha- it's got some in there that like I knew something was going to happen and they did the be- they did a great fake out. You know, they're like, "Oh, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming." Okay, there was something. Oh no, it's really over here. And you're like, "What the?" F-? You know, you're and I was actually just talking to Koa before because he was watching me go through it. If I was in a horror show or I was in a horror game, like literally, it would last five minutes because I would walk up to the big mass of seven dead bodies all mummified there. And I'd go, nope, 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 nope. And I'd be back on the boat. Like, I'd be back on the little boat waiting for somebody to come kill me there. I'd be like, nope, nope, not, not doing that. Not roaming around a giant iron sarcophagus. I am chilling out. Yeah, that that would make a terrible horror movie, though, <laughs> or horror game. <laughs> it, well, but dude, like, okay, if I was in a horror movie and I walked up the house and I saw the wind, the, like the door half open and all the lights off, I would not be that guy walking in there, not unless I was heavily armed. And by heavily armed, I mean full body armor, a shotgun, maybe an assault rifle, definitely a grenade or five. Like, I wouldn't be walking in there without being fully armed, and whoever was on the other side of that, I don't care if they're supernatural or not, they're going to be cleaning them off the walls. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much you're going to take care of a ghost, because no grenade's going to kill a ghost. Yeah, but you know what? If that ghost is attached to something in that house that's making it stay there, that thing is going to be gone. They're going to be finding bits of it. A holy hand grenade. I take that back. <laughs> holy hand grenade of Antioch. Takes out anything. He will count to three. Three is the number, not four, not two. <laughs> oh, man. Um, next segment we have, news. Now, this is always where I start losing people uh, because they start, like, waving fingers and waving hands at me, but I'm not fucking watching them. I'm in the news channel trying to read what the hell we got for news. So let's go straight down the line here. Um, we'll go to alcohol news first. Zyber posted this cool little article. Did you guys get to read this one about a British hotel charges a man $68,000 for a beer? Hold on. Wasn't that more converted to American, if I'm not mistaken? I think I was reading it was 103 grand. Uh, Well, this one says $99,983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. That's absurd. Oh. And... I think the the big the big takeaway from all of it is just like yeah we we messed up but uh it's gonna be about a week until we could possibly give you anything back for this yeah which makes which it's makes absurd. no sense it's over a hundred thousand Australian maybe that's where you read the hundred thousand I don't know I was reading at work today so I was kind of trying to kill a couple minutes I don't know if if I if yeah. I got charged that much for a beer like. That that beer better better have driven me home. It better have sucked me off. Maybe a little finger action in the butthole. Like we, we're talking like whole nine yards, and I'm not going to jail for it. Wait a second. Hold on here. Sixty eight hundred dollar beer, and the family dollar gets pulled up. What the hell is <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> it's like the worst Google search ever. Google, you have failed this city. 
Oh, yeah. Nah, man. If that was... No. Fuck you. No. Exactly, right? You can can take that right the fuck off my card. Like, screw you. A week? Bullshit. I ain't gonna take you that long. No, no. If you took that money out that day, guess what? You're giving me that money back that day. And hell, I would call my credit card company and say fraudulent charge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good call. Now, are we talking the beer that is, like, stuffed in the taxidermy squirrels and shit like that? Or is it just, like... He got a fucking Vienna lager that cost $2 and drank it. It looks like it's from the brand Caledonian, and it looks like it's a golden ale IPA from what I can see. The Duchar or something like that. Aw, that's so cute. Sorry, Damoc just got a hug from his little one. Aww. Should we, uh... Should we actually, like, next episode or something, all try and track down this beer and see how $100,000 beer tastes? (laughs) No, no. What we should all do is we should all drink Miller High Life. Oh, the $100,001 beer. Yeah, we'll all drink it, and then then we'll go piss, and then we'll drink it, and it'll taste exactly the same. You know what? If they mix High Life with some random obscure fruit, maybe. Yeah, it might taste a lot like that fruit. Yeah, like kind of like what they do with Natty Ice and uh, Budweiser's been doing. Or White Claw. Yeah, what? what is that thing that Budweiser's doing where it's just like, here's a thousand different, like, fruity-flavored malt beers. Dude, they've been... Do you, are you guys following I've us? seen it's it. Weird. They did something like that with um the, the, the beer Ritas or whatever they were. Like, they were like margarita beers. Like, I can understand that as that as a as a whole new branch of like what an alcoholic beverage could be but they're doing like these like in the uh the back end of like white claw and stuff like that they're like oh we have like grapefruit beer now it doesn't taste like oh yeah yeah, yeah white like, claw what? you definitely take it in the back end white claw tastes better because i mean i've never had the budweiser ones but white claw is just like alcoholic seltzer that's all it is that's I don't exactly know what, what damoc said I don't know what Budweiser is doing if they're making like, because like the the beerita things they still tasted a little bit like beer. So I don't know. I haven't tried the or I've seen the giant like it comes in like a forty, and a can <laughs> at the grocery store, and I haven't been tempted enough to buy it. Yeah, I, I I haven't been crazy enough to buy it. Don't fucking buy White Claw, dude. It's god awful. Just. Oh man, I I gotta disagree with you, man. I gotta disagree. I I think it's good. An ex roommate of mine has left three cans in there. It has taken us six months to pawn them off, and we still have two left. All right, next next article. <laughs> Actually, this one's I don't think this one's going to constitute too much conversation. But please tell me that everybody picked up the fractured butthole for five ninety nine on Steam when this article was posted. I got it at so least. So you can actually get the bundle. I think it was $10.38, and you got both of them on Steam. I got the first game anyway for buying the the second one. That was always a thing that's out, that the, the game studio was Yeah, running. that's just yeah. awesome. Like, both those games for 10 bucks. Can't go wrong there. I'll be honest with you. I actually preferred the A lot of people one. said the first one was good. It was better than the second. More so, like, gameplay aside, I actually preferred the second one for gameplay, but the first one... It scratched a deep South Park itch that felt like... 
Because I know a lot of people don't like the newer seasons where it's like, oh, there's an overarching story now. The game did a overarching story really well. And, like, they throw random aspects in, like, oh, the Taco Bell is the hideout for the alien whoa, corruption whoa, whoa, that the whoa, government's whoa, man, hiding. It. People have not played it <laughs> yet. Yeah, man, They're spoilers. idiots, but they haven't paid oh, it. Oh, no, this isn't far into the game. This is uh, Yeah, I'm an idiot. I haven't, I haven't played it yet. Oh, it's a good story if you haven't played the original. Uh, I know. I know. It's, everybody says it's great. I just haven't had a chance. Yeah. I'm not big on the South Park, like, TV series. I like their highlights, so I'll watch those, but I, it starts getting too far into too many episodes, and it starts, sometimes it just rubs me the wrong way, personally. Wee-oo-wee-oo-wee-oo, PC police, brah. You gotta be careful, brah. Everything you say, brah, it is just where it is, brah. Seriously, brah, you gotta be good, brah. It's PC principal, brah. You gotta watch South Park, brah. Watch the <laughs> I- PC principal season. I love it when he does when he Lenny talks about like the news article and he says I'm gonna break someone's fucking legs or or something like that and then it's and then it's uh, uh what's his name um the guy that walk that has I think he has polio or something and he walks around with the uh, Timmy the crutches. no it's not Timmy Timmy's in the wheelchair it's this oh other, shit it's his, oh no no it's, no it's, it's Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy. so, so He's like, and then he like, it's like Jimmy is like the, like is standing there and then like, he's like, he's like the, like raises or whatever, a crutch or something. And then, uh, I think it's Stan. He says, you gonna break his legs? Huh? You gonna break his legs? Jesus. Well, if you haven't picked it up, man, I don't know if it's still on sale, but it's definitely worth picking up for 10 bucks. You can't go wrong for 10 bucks. I think it's on sale through the 10th of this month and it's not 10 bucks. I bought, so I already had the original, but the bundle was like 90% off, and it's the gold package of Fractured But Whole, and it was like $9, and you get all the DLC. I got the I got the bundle for, it was like ten thirty eight for both games, where I got the two games. Just make sure that since this is on Humble Bundle, you're getting it for PC, because they cut a lot of content, especially out of the first game. That you don't want to miss. That they left in on yeah, the PC Yeah, this one's directly version. on Steam. This one wasn't through Humble Bundle. Oh, yeah. The, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Um, yeah, but no. The first game is phenomenal for that cut content. There's... Not to spoil anything, but... Like, stuff that would be almost too far for even Comedy Central, they leave in in the PC version. And it is some of the best stuff. I will just show those clips to friends. Be like, these are the cutscenes. These aren't even, like, when you're actually playing. And it's amazing. No, no, no. <laughs> I think they still do something in there where they're, like, they um, they make fun of uh, Australia's. Uh, really, Australia has really restrictive gaming uh, regulations. Like, some games they don't even release in Australia because of... Uh, certain contact but it's like it's the weirdest thing it's like it applies to games but it won't always apply to like things like movies that are sometimes like even worse than the video games um go back listen to our episode with ultra super mega and we go into depth about that uh but anyway they i think they talk about like the crying koala or something in in one of the scenes it's it's funny i like how they poke fun at, at uh um what do you call it uh censorship Oh yeah, yeah. They're always. Uh, I mean, they're they're always trying to push that edge because I don't know. Like I, I I like shock television enough, but when you know 
there's only so far you can go before you're just sitting there staring at him going, all right, well, what what's next? What 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 what, what are they yeah. going to come up with next? What what's going to be next week's episode? Why do you think that the Trey Parker and Matt Stone felt the need to do a South Park movie? It's because they're like, well, Comedy Central starting to infringe a little bit. Let's just get this out of our system, and then we can go back to the more satirical kind of stuff and just go all out for the film that they know that will release no matter what. <laughs> Alrighty, next article. Let's see here. So this is Cyberpunk 2077 will get multiplayer. Now, I, I think Damoc may have something he, he wants to say about this. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want multiplayer. I'm worried about multiplayer. I am very glad that CD Projekt Red did come out and say that they were going to multi make a multiplayer, but that it is on the very, very back end of everything, that they are not focusing on it right now. They are focusing on the single-player main game aspect. They are focusing on free DLCs to add a lot more content. They're talking roughly they they haven't been quoted exactly but they keep saying like a lot and then when they say a lot it's normally several hours to 10 plus hours of content so and it's going to be free and then the multiplayer update's going to come out and i don't know how i feel about that one i haven't played the game obviously no one really has but uh, i'm just so excited for the single player fuck you guys all i want to do is sit in front of my computer and play cyberpunk and ignore the world. I don't know, man. I'm I'm interested in the multiplayer version of the game. I I want to see where it goes. If it's kind of just tacked on, I just say just scrap it. But if they really build up the like a full story, you know, co-op or four player, even uh, I might be interested. I, I I'm interested. So my big interest on it really is stemming from: is it going to be multiplayer like? I can play through the campaign multiplayer, and if it is, that's going to really make it feel like a tabletop to me. Because if I can sit down with my friends and actually work our way through the campaign and play through the story together, that's going to be super interesting. Now, Damon, I think you said something about this. If it's just like a multiplayer as in, oh, we're going to do a battle royale mod and use our engine and everything in it, I don't know that I would be interested in that. Yeah, I'd like something immersive. Like, if there's, like, oh, trials or something you could do, I think that would be the better way to do it. Like, I don't know, you've got so much open in the universe where you could sit down into some, like, reverberation chamber kind of thing and, like, mentally in. I mean, the fact that they're they're putting this on the back end for a game like this is the best thing that they could be doing because I think of Witcher... And it's like, if you had like a bunch of Geralt's fighting each other, it kind of breaks the whole experience of this. With Cyberpunk, it could work. But what I think would be good is to have it um, be something of an invasive world where you have the idea that uh, people are trying to help you or prevent you from completing certain things kind of like how like you know like gangs you know like you join a gang and you actually go instead of going up against ai you could go up against players and it's um you know it's like 
it's not like a quick in and out kind of thing. I think they really should make it more of like an immersive world kind of thing. Where if you're there, you're in the world for like 30 minutes, you could complete some missions or you could help hurt people's reputation by blocking them from completing certain missions. That would be an interesting way to run a, a multiplayer in this new like world that they're creating. It'd be complicated, but I think that would be the more interesting route to take. And it'd be, given the fact that CD Projekt Red, in my, in my opinion, seems to be more of a unique um, studio and the way what they create seems to be this outstanding product. I think this would be a unique product that they could re- they could bring to the multiplayer genre or portion of their game that they could bring to a multiplayer like genre. One of the things that I, I, I'm interested in, I don't know if you guys ever played the um, uh, it was the old Vampire the Masquerade game. It wasn't Bloodlines. It was what came out before Bloodlines. No, I've only played Masquerade. Okay. Um, so if you've only played Bloodlines, well, the old old Vampire the Masquerade, it actually had a segment in it where you could build an entire campaign, literally, and it it was it was literally a uh, a tabletop campaign. Only it was built in their engine. It was really it was a little bit cumbersome, but it was interesting to use. I'm interested to see what they do with the multiplayer. If they do a battle royale thing, I don't think that they will. I don't think that see like maybe as a joke they'll throw something in there for it test, as a ha and it'll be shitty, test. but fine. I don't know if they're gonna make it co-op. I don't know if they're gonna make it like player versus player type thing where you could join different gangs and go against each other. I don't know what they're going to do. They have not announced anything except that multiplayer is coming in a later thing after the free DLCs. You gave me a great idea, sir. And I think it is completely undoable because if it's the way they make it sound like it's coming in as an afterthought, which is a good thing. But a co-op experience where you are playing another guy and you two are kind of together running through this world um kind of like how like it seems like to me based off of the interaction and what i can assume from what people usually do with storylines and shit that uh you're gonna have keanu reeves character and you i think you're called samurai if i remember correctly or like he's kind of like you're he's probably going to be like a mentor like role and you two are going to be running through this world together or he could be more of like a best friend role but instead of having that play as an ai you could play that as a um you know your buddy and that could be interesting what do you think damoc so uh if you haven't watched any of the gameplay, I don't want to ruin anything for you because I mean I watch all of it. I'm still super hyped. I don't give a fuck. But it's not gonna be. You can't play Johnny Silverhand, aka Keanu Reeves, and all of that in a co-op campaign. He's not that type of character. It would be interesting to see if they took their time, like what they've been doing. And I mean, it is CD Projekt Red. They haven't let anybody down with a game yet. Uh, maybe they make an entire small series that's a, a co-op thing. 
I could see that. Like, they have so many storylines already built into the game that they keep touting that they're like, this game is going to be a very long, drawn-out game. It's going to be very fun. It's got so many storylines, so many side quests. Maybe they just write in some extra side quests and then add the multiplayer to it. And it's a completely optional co-op. I mean, isn't that kind of like what I was saying? Like some way to integrate it where it doesn't affect the main storyline, so to speak, but can be like an additional experience. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I'm, I I really would like to see, and this is just coming from the the old school tabletop person in me. I would really like to see some place where you can create, uh, you know, almost your own campaign. Kind of like so, just just make it accessible so it's not. It's not super cumbersome to do, but I, like I'd like to see like something like that. Almost like a pseudo D and D integration into it, where it's like a build your own story that's separate from the main game, but also can be kind of like somewhat connected. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's here. Let's move on to the next one. We've got a few articles. We got to start kicking through here. So, um, next article is Steam's new. What the hell is this called? Handsome Library Update. Have you guys checked this out? Am I the only one that's looked at it? Uh, so I started clicking on it, and I was trying to figure out where I found it, and uh, I actually had it for a second, and then it went away. So basically, your Steam library is getting a major update. Um, it's going to be a lot more inclusive instead of the very boring library that they have now that's kind of wonky to look at things it's actually going to look very very nice uh, from the screens it is going into beta i believe later on this month and you can opt into it and it's just a small quality of life improvement for browsing through your steam games well i mean it's be nice it looks nice from the screenshot they have shown um Kind of reminds me of every other launcher from every other you know developer. You know, like EA is kind of like this, and I think Blizzard's is, is somewhat similar, where I can sit there and scroll through my my game options. So uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I actually like because Steam's got such a traditional look to it that not very many other places are kind of similar to, so to speak. I don't know. I like the the simplicity of it. I mean, I'm all for them. Like, I wasn't a big fan of Xbox when they decided to do the full interface overhauls, I think, like, three or four times over the life cycle of the 360. But at the end of the day, it was all working towards something that sounded better, that looked better, that that was just easier to interact with. But it took some time. Okay, so have you looked at the pictures? Because what they're showing is you can still opt for the original layout if you want to or a more enhanced layout and there are different functions of the enhanced layout that you can do you can browse all your games in a long scroll that has pictures you can browse your games how it currently does where it lists every single one and then when you click on it it opens up more information has more pictures for the games and it like the workshop tabs are neatly laid out instead of having to go ah fuck where's the workshop thing on here and try and find it it looks really clean really good it's a very small quality of life improvement that i'm excited for yeah it does look nice i gotta admit it does look kind of nice i think honestly we'll have to see because i don't know i'm not usually someone that's stuck in my ways on things but i like the way steam is and 
And I really hope that they take the Xbox approach to it, where this is just like Gen 1, version 1, so to speak, of like a massive overhaul. Like, I don't have any issues with the workshop, like you were mentioning, Damoc. I actually, whenever I do workshop stuff, I'm usually on the website. And the reason for that is, is I'm so used to using sites like Nexus Mods and stuff like that, where I like to have like five or six tabs open with mods I'm considering. So I kind of have a list to work through. There's Blue over there. I think he's actually having a small psychotic break. He's, I think he's, think he's, I think I think half of him has been taken over by uh, by some other weird. Evil I'm a entity. simple man. I'm sorry, Blue. I'm sorry. No, I'm at the. I can't. I'm at the disagree with you on uh, on the way Steam is currently. There's there's a lot of improvements they could make, and I think this is one step in the right direction, kind of simplifying the look and and making it easier on the eye at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, I like the current layout. I'm not saying that there couldn't be improvements. Obviously, like, I think the biggest thing is that, like, this is, I think this is going to be spun a certain way by, like, Epic Game Store and stuff like that. Like, oh, they're only improving because we exist kind of thing. When in reality, sure, Steam needs a facial lift at some point soon, but I don't necessarily think that this one's it for me personally. Feature-wise, sure improve all you want but look wise i actually like the current look like don't don't shoot the messenger on this one they're not changing the storefront they're not changing anything except for your library and you can keep it how it currently is now i'm interested to see what these changes are because i i honestly i feel that the library look is a bit frustrating to work with especially when you have 300 plus games it's, yeah, it's like what let me, let me take a look at my library. Oh, what is this game? Oh, I get a picture of it this time now. You know, yeah. I don't have to sit there and click on it, and I just sit there and scroll through. And like, oh, I want to play this. This looks interesting. I'm going to play this again. Yeah, I'm inter- I'm interested to see it. But uh, no, no, I but I hear what you're saying, Vintage. I, I I like that. I like that they're going to be keeping the way that it currently looks, or keeping it as an option. But I'm interested to see where it's going to go. And I, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that we'll get the feeling that it's. They're changing simply because they're being forced to change by Epic Store. I no, th- and I don't think they are. I think it's going to get spun that way, though. Because Tim Sweeney, at every turn, whenever Steam has done something or has failed to do something in his eyes, he's really quick to call him out on it. Now, I'm not trying to sit here and be like the prophet of the Epic Game Store. I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of things they do, but... It seems like Tim Sweeney's become the social media presence to crack down on Steam wherever he sees fit. Yeah, and we're going to get into into that in a, a couple of articles here in a second on uh, I'm getting cracked out on the Steam. I think, yeah, Blue's already smiling because he knows I'm going to fucking get triggered as soon as I start talking about it. Uh, but let's kick on to the next one quick. Uh, for Sea of Thieves fans, there is a ton of... Of updates coming. Um, they actually had a chance to sit down. I don't know if anybody else had a chance to read this article or even look at it, but they had a chance to sit down with the devs and kind of, kind of go over some of the stuff that's going to be coming up next. Uh, what they got down the pipeline. Um, one of the big questions were: Are they going to go back to the roadmap idea where they laid out a whole bunch of different things and said, "Okay, this is the major milestones that we're trying to get to," and here's dates. And one of the most interesting things that I read out of the out of this whole article about this Q&A was that they're actually getting away from the roadmap idea altogether. 
they're actually going to be going to monthly updates with uh, with focuses but they're still going to be they're they're not going to be coming out saying oh well we're going to be hitting this major milestone on this date uh and i you know i i I agree with the logic behind it you know they don't want to put the developers under that much pressure um especially since they're pulling a note they're pulling a hello games right now they're they're not charging for any of this update any of this any of this material that they're bringing out and they're constantly you know they're constantly supporting their game I'm honestly a little torn by it. Like, I'm not going to try and play the bad guy on the remaining few topics, but uh, I don't mind a roadmap for like, hey, here's like, here's a major DLC roadmap. Like, here is, we're expecting X DLC in January, and in April we're expecting to put out Z or something like that. But, I don't know, I kind of like the old days of like, I'm going to say it again, like, when going back to my childhood, like, COD 4 and Modern Warfare 2, where, like, you'd hear rumors of it, but then, like, it would just randomly be like, hey, here's a map pack coming out. I think it's a good thing that they're actually not doing a roadmap because it makes it more fluid and it gives them the opportunity in order to, you know, like, they could... They can. They still have long-term goals by all means. You know, they're going to be like, "Hey, yeah, we want to eventually do something like this," but it's like, "Hey, the community is really pushing for this, and we can make that change." And it's it doesn't keep them stuck in a particular pattern. Instead, it allows them to mold it into something else. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm really excited. They followed a roadmap. They've put out a ton of content. They are pulling to Hello Games. There's a lot of content in Sea of Thieves since, what, it first launched and we all sat and played it for a couple, well, about a week, maybe a little over a week Mm. and screwed around and then got bored with it because we ran out of shit to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. And now there's a lot more to do. I still haven't faced the shark or I've seen the Kraken and I got spanked badly. Uh, That was pretty fun. Doing it as a monthly update, even if it's not a major content and they're just doing like small quality of life improvements, the game's come a long way. It's got a lot. It doesn't stress the devs out. I'm all for them going to a monthly quick patch instead of trying to do a long-term roadmap and we're sitting here with nothing for six months, eight months. Yeah, I'm I'm really... I'm... I'm not so much torn because they have come out with a lot of content in the game. And I, I think, I mean, when the game first came out, it's the same thing I said about No Man's Sky. The mechanics are fun. You know, the, the, the overall mechanics, the general mechanics are fun. In Sea of Thieves, the general mechanics are, in my eyes, fun. They're, they're genuinely fun to play. Um, so all the stuff that they've been adding on extra is really just gravy to me. It's just more and more stuff that's coming out. And, you know, if, if they come out and they say, hey, look, you know, the roadmap thing, they're not necessarily saying we're not going to have major updates or we're not going to work towards bigger packages to release or big events like releasing another Megalodon-style thing or the Lava Islands. They're not saying that. They're just saying that we're going to go more onto a month-by-month basis and release stuff as we kind of see fit. And maybe tease some stuff here, tease some stuff there, versus, you know, having this roadmap laid out. And come on, I mean, let's be 100% honest here. Consumers 
are the whiniest, shittiest people that you can possibly have in the world. If you tell them, oh yeah, we're working on this, they are going to take it and they are going to hold it over your head. Oh, you said this was coming out. It's been six months. Where's this? Motherfucker, hang on. It's coming. You wait. (laughs) You know. Uh, Star Citizen. (laughs) Oh, don't get me started on that game. All right. Let's uh, let, let's see how much self-control I can have here. I don't understand the fucking issue that you're having with this article. I really don't. I've read it like five times. Okay. So, uh, Kotaku released an article about them talking with the Steam guys uh, during... Uh, when what, what was it? It was a... Uh, it was during an event. Fuck, I forgot what the event was now. I got so focused on everything. Wasn't it like their showcase? Like one of the major showcases for games? I'm, I'm trying to find where it is now. It, the Valve... Uh, the Valve... Oh, did I scroll too far? It was a Valve event in Seattle last week. Thank you. Thank you. So, the article itself starts off pretty plain Jane and pretty easy. It just talks about them. You know, it, it sets up the stage of the... Of the Metro Exodus, you know, exclusive thing two weeks before launch. And it kind of sets the stage of, you know, this is this is kind of the the, the background of it. Um and and you know, it sets the stage pretty non you know, pr- pretty okay. And and I, I got got past that. But then when it starts to the, the problem that I have with it is that after it starts, after they start talking about it, as you read the article, the article is vilifying steam and that's the thing that bugs me is that at no point in time do they ever actually point the finger at epic and say hey this practice that they're doing is predatory and it had a hand in causing all of this because if you really want to go back if epic didn't do this whole aggressive tactic of you know hey you got we're going to give you this big pile of cash but you got to stay exclusive with us for a year if they didn't go down that super predatory practice, people wouldn't have gotten pissed. I know that they're just trying to make money. I understand that. And I'm not knocking them for trying to make money. The thing about this article that really is just like grinding my gears is that reading the article every time I read it again, and I'm reading part of it now and I'm getting pissed, is at no point in time that they're, they just explicitly point the finger at Steam the entire time in this article. Okay, so what do you got, Blue, before I go on? All right, so, yeah, Steam Steam vented in a way, and maybe that's not professional. Maybe that's not what the company, what companies should do. But you know what? You ask me, the fact that, that they had a pre-order option on Steam, and you're pre-ordering a game, and then Epic at some point along the way goes, hey, we're going to take this game and we're going to make it exclusive on our store for a period of time is kind of shitty because you can't, it's not like what Destiny is right now. Like I've bought Destiny and I'm having the option with Blizzard to at the time when they release Shadow Keeper that it's going to go from my Blizzard account, my Blizzard, you know, game whatever the fuck you call it thing onto steam instead it's like the saying like i've paid for something i'm supposed to get it on launch but instead they're saying you know what fuck it 
we decided to go exclusive some part. So that's kind of like that shit on these people for doing that in the first place. And Steam's a little pissed because, you know what? If I was a customer on Steam and I pre-ordered this game, I would be pissed at Steam and I'd be raising hell and I'd be giving them a hard fucking time. So, yeah, I think they have the right to bitch about it. I mean, because we bitch about shit like that. So why the fuck can't they complain about it when someone goes, oh, you know what? At the last second, I'm going to change my mind. But why would you be mad at Steam? Well, here, here, hold on. Let's 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 give a little more background, quick. I'm here after I get this out, we'll we'll let you jump in, Vintage. So the big thing that happened, just in case in case you didn't know about the whole Metro Exodus thing, what happened is uh, Metro Exodus was coming out, and for a long time, for for quite some time, it was released. It was uh, Steam was doing advertising for it. They were getting pre-order sales set up for it. They were doing a whole lot to get this game pumped out and pimped so that people were and people were getting really excited including myself i was getting really excited now the metro games you could possibly throw down and say that it's a niche market and that's perfectly fine but it was coming out and it was going along perfectly fine two weeks before it was supposed to launch just completely launch it turns around and the developers or the publishers say, we're pulling it from Steam. We're going to be on Epic exclusively for a year. After Steam has done a shit ton of work to pimp it out, it's put it on their storefront, it's put it in all of the stuff, and people got pissed. Now, the comment that they're specifically talking about is Steam on their page came up and said um, that we, you know, they, they I, I forget the exact quote, but... Um, so something along the lines of, we feel it's unfair to the customers, this happening. And that's where this all leads to. Go ahead, Vintage. So that, that quote that you just ended with, they weren't trying to incite anything. And I'm sorry if I, I overlapped Co a little bit, but that's the thing. And you know what? I can't fault for the, primarily, no joke, this is like the PCMR uh, subreddit that kind of ran with this and really made this a bigger issue. But they're not wrong. I think it's unfair to consumers. If, if the first game that they really locked down as an exclusivity wasn't a major publisher like, uh, like for Metro Exodus, I think the reaction would have been a little different. Because, I mean, come on. If, can you really blame a company that's, especially small ones that are trying to make their indie games popular, take like, basically, because I've heard a lot of people describe it as Epic Games effectively buying x number of copies of the game and guaranteeing that as money to the to the company to start i mean how many indie developers do you know that wouldn't be tempted by that and be like hey this could really take our game from what we think is like a b plus in our hearts to an a in the eyes of everyone else it's really tough because i'm not a fan of this system and i don't like how it's spun a lot of the time but it's we're going down a really frustrating path, and I don't think there's honestly anything Steam can do that'll stop Epic from this at this point. Yeah, and, and my problem, so I, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I think it doesn't matter about what game they so chose. If they did the same thing, I think the, the biggest problem here is that the game was still, like, it was, it was being pre-ordered for so long. After, it was actually a fairly long pre-order period. So it's not like it was like, oh, hey, we've been pre-ordering for a week. It was a fairly long pre-order period. And all of a sudden, two weeks before launch, they just go, oh, we're shifting gears. It's no longer going to be available on Steam, and we're going to the Epic Store. I think that really is what incited the mass amount of pain from this. 
So my issue with that is that I don't believe that either publisher is at fault for that. I believe this is an issue with the developer. I think the developer should be taking the blame for initially going with Steam and then switching to the Epic Game Store. Yeah, yeah. Who, is, whoever's decision that was. Right. Yeah. I mean, whether it was publisher or developer, it was, it was somewhere in that realm. I don't think the publisher may may have made the offer, but ultimately it's the developer's decision to go with a publisher. And if you've initially gone with Steam, for example, I believe that the publisher, for example, Metro, is at fault. I think this is this is something that neither company should be blamed for because one, I I want I want Epic to compete with Steam. I don't like the way Steam is going, and Agreed. I think the competitor is 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 needed to really set them straight. And so if they want exclusivities, I'm fine with it. Unfortunately, this is kind of like what's what's coming of, you know, coming from doing all these exclusivities. They're making some pretty low ball, you know, offers and, you know, they, they switch sides, which is an unfortunate event. I mean, contractually, if if they had some sort of contractual agreement where they were going to be like, hey, yeah, you, you know, like you can sell ours as a pre-order, then they should still be doing that. Three weeks into this, like, that's some that's some shit. Whether that was Steam not getting this in writing or that was, you know, them deciding. I mean, if Steam didn't have it in writing as, you know, as, as someone who works in the field where contracts are king, like, if they didn't have that right in shit in writing, then you're free to do whatever the fuck you want to outside of the contract that doesn't tie you to it. Yeah, but is it is ethical? it shitty as a practice? Yes, it is. It's shitty as a practice. They should not have done that. The, these developers should have known that they were getting pre-order money, or Steam was getting pre-order money, and they should not have pulled out and said it's going to be epic because this situation is not fucking epic. I, I think that's where I'm coming from. I think I think that the way Steam is designed, they've never had a major competitor or someone try to compete with them, and so when this comes along. Anyone can put a video game on the Steam store with the right, I think, initial fee. But uh, now that Epic is trying to become a competitor, this is becoming an issue because they're sending out contracts, and the Steam doesn't have anything to compete against that. You know, if you have to sign a, a, a you know a non-compete or whatever, you know, it's going to cause issues. So I'm not so much like. Metro Exodus put a really bad taste in my mouth for Epic Store. And pretty much every exclusive that's come out that's been Epic exclusive, I've pretty much had a bad taste in my mouth because of what happened with Metro Exodus. Now, as this has started to go by, I felt less and less like, all right, I don't really give a crap. Like Borderlands 3. You know what? I don't really give a crap. I don't really like Epic's practices, so I'm going to speak with my money. And I think a lot of people... You know, I, th- I think a lot of gamers who are going to cry havoc are going to do that same thing of they're going to speak. They'll like be like, oh, well, we're going to lose sales. We're going to lose sales. And then they'll quietly be like, well, I want to play the game. So they'll download it and they'll get the epic. They'll get the epic launcher. They'll download. They'll play it. And they'll probably say something along the lines of, oh, I pirated it so I could play it just so that they could try to save some face. But, I, you know, I, I think if if they had done with Metro Exodus, just said, hey, we're coming out. Metro Exodus is going to be an exclusive, and Steam just never really was part of it. I don't think anybody would have cared. I think there would have been a little bit of like, oh, well, this sucks, and then it would have quieted down. But going back to the article for a second, I know you got something vintage, but I want, I want to try to put us back track on this article. So, And this is one of the things that just it grinds my gears when I read it. 
So they talk about it and they say, you know, about the, the developer saying, you know, I, I don't think that was our intent. It wasn't the intent of the message. It was more of about the timing. The game, uh, the game was about to launch and then it was exclusive to the Epic Store. So that was the only goal of that. What came out of it was not, was not expected and it wasn't meant to be a lightning rod. And then immediately, the, pers- the, the, or the person writing the article goes, unfortunately, it nonetheless functioned as one. At the time, Valve said it felt that the decision to remove the game was unfair to the Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sale period. Which is logical. That's, that's just, I mean, it is unfair. It, I agree. Maybe, if, if you don't agree, okay, I understand. What, Damoc, what do you got? You're, 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 you look like you're about to die over there. I'm I, I, I'm doing my absolute best not to just rage on you. I understand that you have a different view of the article than I do, and I appreciate your perspective, but I think that you're taking it a little out of context, and you're taking the article at a different value than the way it was supposed to be written. It is a little shady in spots at times, absolutely, but this came directly out of a Valve event. Mm-hmm. They just happened to ask the Valve developers about it. They came out. They said, oh, shit. We did not act. We felt that it was unfair mm-hmm. to pull Metro. We decided to post that it was unfair under, you know, what we think is fair. And to our customer base. And that was it. It was not meant to be screw up at games or anything like that. And whatever spun off of that had nothing to do with Valve. And the article's like, well, unfortunately, that was a side effect. And it was. That's what pissed everyone off. Mm -hmm. Valve even came out and said, hey, this is unfair. And everybody went, fucking right, Valve. They said it's unfair. It must be unfair in Epic Games. I don't agree with exclusivity on PC. I don't agree with exclusivity on consoles. Hence why I don't play many console games. But the article, I don't see it as bashing Steam in any way that you keep trying to say that it is. All right, I'm going to bring up three things then. And and this will be in context of the actual article. And you can, you can give me, and I would like to hear your retort on these three things. So in that same, in that same sentence, in that same paragraph, this is, the, this is the literal quote. After it said, you know, they said about the pre-sale period. They said, this kicked off a series of Steam review bombs and harassing messages to individual members of Exodus development team. Now, you are going to tell me right now that Steam, saying that it, they felt that it was unfair, kicked off all of that. No. Uh, 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 okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, no. So let's go to the second thing that I've got. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then we'll go back and retort. I want to I, I go through my three things and then you can blast away at me. Okay? So that's what the article is saying. It kicked that off. Okay? The next piece goes down here where I'm going to, again, read again. And I'll, I mean, we can read the whole thing if you really want to. I'm just going to go back to this. This is the start of two paragraphs down after they're talking about... Um, Steam says, I'm just going to paraphrase this, saying that they wouldn't necessarily have changed anything, but they definitely kept their mouth shut because they realized, oh shit, whatever we just said really made things worse. Um, I'm not saying it made it worse. I'm not saying that it caused it all, but it definitely made it worse. So here's the next one. It's worth noting, too, 
that while many of the harassment tactics have been used against the Epic Store, developers now transcend Steam and spill out over into Twitter, Reddit, Discord, and other platforms, Steam review bombs and irate Steam discussion threads remain a part of the process, and arguably effective one at that. Again, they're going, oh yeah, so it's happening over here, but really this is the big problem right here. That's my point. So I don't, I, I don't view it that way. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the article, and they said, and we'll go back up to the first okay. one, yeah. right, where it says, uh, this helped kick off a series of Steam review bombs and harassing messages to individual members of the Exodus development team. And that's where I'm going to say, right? I'm going to stop you there. It didn't help it, because those were already happening. Okay, I, I, I don't agree with the word help being used when they said help to kick off. Um, again, that's a, a, a poor phrasing of words, but I don't see it as blaming Steam. Steam said this, and then they got the review bombs, and Steam had its anti-review bomb toolkit or whatever it's using to, to help alleviate that, and they knew that it was coming after... The exclusivity was announced. The review bomb didn't happen instantly. The review bomb started several days afterwards, and it got really, really messy from there. Reddit took it and ran with it in a... There's a whole R slash fuck epic games Mm -hmm. and went sideways with it. 4chan's running with it, of course, to make it a joke, but all the major things... They're going to get review bombed on Steam so that people will not purchase the previous games on Steam. But that's not... It's not Valve, and I don't see Valve being blamed for that. I don't think that they... And if this... Yeah, they helped kick off. Okay, they said it was unfair. People kind of took it as, well, Valve is saying it. And I can see where that gets a little confused in the minds of... Oh my god, it's an epic exclusive and exclusive games are bad on PC. We've never had exclusives before, which we have because there's Mac and PC and Linux and there's different games across the board. But, eh, okay. Uh, But yeah, I I, I don't like the wording of that, but I still didn't see it directly targeting Valve saying that that was the problem. And and if, if it was just that alone, I probably would have just completely ignored that and said, meh, bad wording. But the second one, now, granted, I might just have a bad taste from reading everything above it and going, Jesus Christ, you know, like, literally, there, there's, there, every time I turn around in this article, it seems to me that they're pointing the finger back at, back at Steam. Well, then, it comes back, right, and it says, and it's a quote from the developer, um, from Blue, which, not Blue Shark, but Blue, Uh, In the future, we didn't continue to do that because our goal is not to upset the community or light anyone's hair on fire. Our goal is to get the developers close to customers, have a really valuable place for people to play games, and stay focused on that. And then it shifts over and the reviewer says, It's worth noting, too, that while many of the harassment tactics used against Epic Store developers now transcend Steam... Yes, Steam is still a primary focus for people to rage because that's what people know. And if I can start 40 thread posts on Steam, because I'm free to publicly go onto their forums as a Steam member and start making threads for any game, whether I own it or not, Steam opened themselves up to a little bit of, if you don't own the game, you can still post on the thread 
and or make threads on their forms and users are going to be users man people are fucking crazy agreed but but my problem with that whole statement right there is let's let's go right into that now transcend steam it transcended steam a day after it was announced that it was going to be an epic store exclusive and it was coming off of steam they already were bombing it on reddit twitter Discord chats. I, I I can't tell you the number of Discord chats I was in that I saw people bitching about Epic. We were bitching about it here. So just just the wording of it. Now, granted, if I was just reading this and I was just going, oh, let me get this. I love all the stuff that they're quoting from the from the from the actual developer of Steam. I love it. I think all that information is valuable information. But this next paragraph where they're talking about like this whole next paragraph, uh, it, it it's just is going on. And on about Steam review bombs, even though they touch on, oh, well, it, it did on Twitter, it did on Reddit, it did on Discord, but really it's Steam that's, you know, they're, they're already bringing it right back around to point the finger right back at Steam. And that's the thing that's pissing me off about this article. You know, if it was one thing, I, I would be perfectly fine with, oh, okay, well, yeah, there's one thing they're pointing at. But here's my third thing that I wanted to point out. Find me anywhere in this article where they, te- where they in at any way, shape, or form, point the finger at Epic and said that they had some involvement in this. Well, no, there's no finger pointing Epic because it wasn't to target Epic. This is to target a a whole bunch of stuff. Like it is to target exclusivity in general. But remember, this was at a Valve conference Mm -hmm. and they just asked the developers while they were there to, if they wanted to comment on the lightning rod that they made because Valve did really do the kickoff of the hatred towards exclusivity by saying they felt it was unfair. And then Valve was like, oh shit, we didn't mean to do that. We're just going to shut up from now on and not say anything because we didn't mean to cause this shitstorm. They don't blame Epic in here. And I understand I also am with you and will vote from with my wallet and not download or purchase any Epic game. I don't care. I was interested in Metro. Don't care. I was interested in Borderlands 3. I loved the first two games. I loved the remake that came out on Steam and all of that. I thought it was absolutely fantastic and really got me playing the game again. I will not purchase from Epic Games as they continue to do predatory practices. But the article wasn't actually talking about that. The article was talking about the lightning rod that started everything and how the developers, or not, well, the Steam developers felt about it. I don't. Well, and, and I and I understand. I understand that that's what they're that's talk, that's what they're talking about. But my issue is is that they go on and on and on. To keep, like, when I read this article, I'm reading it as in, okay, we're going to give you, in my opinion, a very subjective article, giving you some news in there, some actual very valid and very good piece of information that came from the developer. But then they start to go on and reiterate how, like, okay. It's like saying, hey, there was this huge war that happened and a whole lot of people died. But we're not going to talk about the people who killed all these people. We're going to talk about the people who killed the people that killed the people. But we're not going to talk about those people killing the people. I know this is a really extreme, like, and a very extreme, and how I'm, why I'm equating it to wars, because it's the only thing I can kind of think of at the moment. 
I'm actually thinking about shooting people in modern warfare, so I guess that's probably where I'm getting stained from here. Um, but it, it's 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 like they're saying, hey, look, here was this thing, and yeah, we talked to them, and here here's a major cause of it, but we're going to we're not going to touch on why this whole thing actually started. We're only going to focus on right. this is the one segment of it. Right, but I think that was the actual focus of the article. It was to talk to Valve about the message they put under Metro Exodus. And that's, of course, what it was going to focus on. And then it went, it started the shitstorm of gaming that we have now. I mean, we had Gamergate for a while, and then we were pretty good for a long time, aside from the the stuff against Cyberpunk, but it was... Yeah. kind of bullshit people were just trying to get articles this one valve came out and said something people raged and hate the exclusivity now they're talking about it and they're specifically covering what valve actually said but and if they just kept it to what valve said i would have been perfectly happy but the segment where they go into and this is what really tipped me off worth noting too that while many of the harassment tactics used against epic store Okay, well, there we're defending Epic Store. Are have now transcended Steam. As soon as they start mentioning other platforms and then roll it right back to Steam, like they didn't. If they had left all of that out of there, that probably would. I probably wouldn't nearly be as triggered as I am. Because it, again, if if you're saying they were just taking this article and just talking about Valve, then why the hell would they mention any other platform where anything else happened, other than just talking about Steam? I don't know. I guess when I read it, I've been pretty well informed and I've been reading the articles and I understand the hate and the rage. So I read it and my take on it was, oh, well, that's interesting. I was mostly focused on what the developers were saying and they said, oh, shit, we didn't mean to make it do this. Um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of backlash. Here's all the backlash that happened. It's on all. It's spilling out to all these other platforms. It's happening this way and that way and the other thing. And it's happening against a whole bunch of different games now. And it is what it is. But I'm an informed person looking at it. Maybe if I wasn't, then yeah, I don't well, know. Here's the thing. I don't so see it I'm, the I'm, same a, I'm an extremely informed person as well because I've actually been reading it on all the PC Gamer magazine stuff. Game Informer had an article on it. A whole bunch of magazines have had articles on it. So I feel extremely well informed on this topic and i think that's why and i, I, I think you. that's why i got so because and i don't know whether it's kotoku or because like okay there was an article and i'm going to see if i can track it down because i don't like talking about articles that i can't link but i believe it was on pc gamer and they were talking about the broad subject of this whole thing and they were in my eyes giving a fairly objective view of saying and then they mentioned that that comment from Steam, and this was this was several weeks back, but they mentioned that that comment from Steam and saying how it did not help. Like if Steam had shut up, it quite possibly would not have gotten as big as it was, but it was still going to happen. There was nothing unless Steam came out and said, "Hey guys, it's all right. We're going to work on a deal, and we're going to get you something even better." You know, that's the only way that they could have possibly put out this fire because everything else would have just been pissing on it. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to track that down. I, I hope I'm going to track that down. It, I believe it was PC Gamers. But it was a very, very objective article. And 
it was actually there the, a lot of the information that they brought up first started with the epic store and their practices and then they went on to okay so here's why these practices are are are, are weird and then they went into okay so this is what steam did and this is what steam could have done we think that they should have done more and and in my opinion it was a very very objective article and the things that they touched on when they opened a gate on something you know when they mentioned like reddit and stuff like that you know they they went into and gave not not necessarily examples but they gave they gave information on okay well this is how this fits into this picture and this is where this gaslighted over here this article when i read it and and i understand it's about the developer but but my as i said my big problem with it is is that if they start to open the door they've got to they've got to walk through that door they can't they can't just they can't just say that they can't just say oh well steam said it was their fault and they're bad and even though it went over here it's still steam's fault like that's the more and more i read the article the more and more that's what it kind of talked to me about that's 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 the message i got from this article and if they had at any point in time just not necessarily i don't want to say vilified epic but if they had even mentioned that epic contributed to this thing instead of just dumping it all on valve because i mean let's let's be honest you can get a hundred and you, you can read hundreds of articles and they'll bait you with one thing and then go on to the rest of the article and telling you all the background and all that stuff so that's not a very uncommon practice and that's what i'm used to especially when you get into controversial things like this but that they didn't touch on it at all and never like the best thing okay so the only thing that i could possibly find in this entire article that makes any like like gives epic any kind of bad light is is this quote here where it says uh we've taken their wares to epic's still bare bones store and in my opinion that's just stating fact it's a bare bones store it's it's not it's not it's not saying epic had anything to do with this it's just saying that it's a bare bones store if, if they had i think i i i, I think in the thing the reason i'm getting so triggered is that they opened up doors on so many different avenues to bring it back around to steam and say, Oh, this is so bad. And they never, they okay. never touched base on, on any of that. I, I think that's just the reason I'm getting so triggered. I totally see where you're coming from though. I got you. I know. I, I mean, everybody on this podcast pretty much is a very well-informed gamer. I did not mean to, uh, insinuate that anyone is not. Well oh, I totally took it subject. that way. You son of a bitch. So yeah, no, no, <laughs> No, I know that we have all been following this for quite a while, and it's a, a big heated thing across the board for everyone. I don't know. When I read the article, I guess I didn't really pay attention to whatever Kotaku was actually saying. I wanted to see what the developers were saying. And for the Steam responses, that's what I was mostly paying attention to. I mean, I read the whole article a couple times, but... I've always focused on what the Valve dev said to see where Valve was actually feeling on that article. I'm going to take another read through it after this and take it in the eyes of, okay, ignore kind of what Valve is saying and read more of what Kotaku is saying. But we have already known for a while Kotaku's shit. <laughs> Rock, paper, shotgun is shit. Yeah. Come on. Polygon. We know that Kotaku is, is shit. Polygon <laughs> is garbage. Yeah. Don't even fucking go there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. 
No, and, and, and I'm, I'm totally not saying that you missed something, but I mean, and I, when I first read the article when you posted it, I read it for just that, the Steam developer stuff. And as I read through the whole article and I read it once, I went, well, that seems a little bit off. And then I reread the article and I did exactly what you just said. I ignored the stuff from the developers and I literally took that completely out of context or, or completely out of the, out of the picture. And then I just read the stuff in between the quotes and I'm like, man, this doesn't seem right. And then the more I read it and then, and also to my fault, after I started really questioning it and we started talking in discord a while ago, I started reading some of the comments and God, those comments are cancer. What is wrong with you? It's Kutaku. Do not read comments. That's like going, hey, I'm going to go to the, what is it, GameSpot forums, and I'm going to read about a game on GameSpot forums. No, dude, you just, you don't do that. That's, if you want stage four cancer instantaneously, that's what you do. (laughs) But if you want to find out a decent thing of the game, you go to YouTube. Agreed. All right, Finish, you've had your hand up there for a while. I'm pretty sure your hand's going to fall off. What do you got, man? All right, so let me let me just do a slight spin on this topic. So none of you guys know, but I actually work as like an independent game developer on the side with a few friends of mine, and we're using the Unreal Engine. Now, that spawns a very interesting debate. Now, the Unreal Engine is one of the best available in terms of like if you're trying to start something. Now, Epic actually does offer... So typically, if you're going to launch into Steam or another platform with Unreal Engine as your source, you have to pay a 5% royalty for to Epic to every single sale you make. So I'm not sure. I, I was trying to search in the meantime while you and Damoc were going back and forth on how many of the developers that went exclusivity with Epic use the Unreal Engine. Now... Because Epic has a policy where if you have the Unreal Engine and you go exclusive with them for X amount of time, you don't owe that 5% ever. So that's actually something that popped up recently in a dev meeting I had a couple weeks ago with a buddy of mine who is spearheading the actual like coding portion through Unreal Engine. And that's actually something very interesting to consider because... It is one of the more full-fledged engines, and they just added ray tracing support. So that's where a lot of games are going to be coming from over the next, I'd say, three, four years from indie developers. If they want to introduce RTX support, that's where it's going to come from. And we've made the passive decision that when we launch, we're going to have to do an exclusivity period since we're not making any money off the game to begin with. So that's something we have to consider. And that really skewed my view of how I look at the Epic Game Store. Like, I'm not happy about exclusives on PC. I can understand that more when you talk console, because oftentimes those developers are paid to create the game from the beginning for that system. But this is PC. I mean, you have games from Steam that are available on Uplay or available on Origin, and they may force you to use that as the primary launcher after you buy the game, so to speak. But, I don't know, as much as I have some issues with Epic, I'd say if if somehow we could find out the information on if how many of those exclusive game releases on Epic use the Unreal Engine, I think that might actually kind of sway other people a little bit more because it waves a 
big cost for a lot of these developers that obviously want to make more than one game. Okay, so I, I just want to tack in on that. So if that is the case, then that makes me feel even worse about Epic because that's another strong arm tactic that they're using to keep people, to force people to be on their store. Now, it's the exact same thing as if, so let, let's, 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 let's put this down here. So let's say, I don't know, what's, what's, what's one of the main games that have come out? Let's say Call of Duty. Let's go Call mm-hmm. of Duty, okay? Yep. Call, Call okay. of Duty Modern Warfare, okay? It's coming out. Now, let's say that game comes out, comes out for Xbox, PC, PS4, whatever. But they tell you, you can only go and buy it at Target. You can play it on your PC. We don't care. You can play it on your PlayStation. We don't care. But you could only buy it at Target. Okay, counterpoint. There has been music releases in the past decade that have actually been exclusive to Target. And not available on streaming platforms and stuff like that. I mean, unfortunately, music's not as big of a marketplace as games are these days. Because typically everything gets uploaded to YouTube or anything like that. But but problem there, music is also played on the radio. Yep. So let me clarify one point here with the with the uh, what you were just saying with um, with the exclusivity kind of still being a little eh in your head. Um, can you reclarify that point? I'm totally spacing right now <laughs> on uh, what did I say I wanted to clarify on? Shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, shoot. It no, had to but, do but, with but my, um, my point is is that yeah. what Epic's doing is they're basically strong arming people to say you can only shop here. And and that's, and and with that with that whole thing where you're saying if they use the Epic Engine they got to pay a five percent royalty, or the Unreal Engine they have to pay a five percent royalty. That's just another strong arming technique. And in my eyes, knowing how many people on the Epic Store are doing that doesn't make me feel better about the Epic Store. It makes me feel worse about the Epic Store. So I was actually just talking with a buddy of mine to confirm this. So he's the one who has the software. If you purchase it flat out with a permanent license. You don't owe Epic 5%. So let me just clarify that. But if you're a young, like, if you're a team of less than 10 people who's using the Unreal Engine to make your game, keep in mind that if you're not trying to pay the absurd, like, every single developmental software out there, whether you're talking music, audio, video production, etc., costs an absurd amount. If you don't want to upfront that cost, I'd say 5% is relatively fair on that perspective. And for a temporary exclusivity to waive that 5%, I'd, I'm a little more understandable on that front. Yeah, and we could agree to disagree on that. Uh, what do you got, Damoc? Uh So when you talked about music and Target exclusives, that was way before streaming music. Way before streaming music. Walmart nope. had exclusives to things, and as soon as real streaming music came out, hence Spotify, Tidal, any of that, all of those deals have been long done. Nope. Most recent I can think of is ACDC Black Ice was an exclusive launch on Target for the first few weeks. Let me see when that came out. The, uh, whoa, whoa. First see. few weeks? Yes. First few weeks okay, okay, that okay, that album okay. was available. Give me 2008. One, give me one that's been exclusive at one of them for a year. Because the first, few I can't weeks, name one, but I can hold, hold on, on for a first for a couple weeks. Yeah, I could also hang on for a couple weeks, but so they so here's the difference though between what Target was doing, at least in terms of because I know the ACDC Black Ice release very well. 
they had exclusive stuff you would receive in regards to that. You got, if I was, if I'm not mistaken, you got a free live concert download that came with it. You got a poster that came with the disc. You got some memorabilia you could get in a part of that. But that only lasted a few weeks. But that's that's just an incentive. That that's not saying okay. So that's not just saying hey, you have to buy here for the next year. That's saying hey, if you buy here, you'll get this cool swag with it. And that's just no, an and incentive I understand to that show up and get it. Yeah, I get that. Hold on, hold on. Co's got something. He's had he's had yeah, one yeah, in there yeah. for a while. But but the, at, the, at the same rate, you know, the the nice incentive about working with the uh, Unreal Engine is that you get to work with the Unreal Engine. You know, you're not you're not working from scratch. You're 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 getting to work with a well established engine that you can build upon. Um, you can build your game from so and then it, you know add that to your exclusivity deal that saves you a lot of money you know you're talking about like you know, this taking for example uh ea with bioware who reverse engineered uh, the hero engine to uh implement star wars the old republic it cost him like 200 million dollars to to get that game out uh and and working functional when they had to do that okay so I haven't been in the PC world as much as you guys have. In fact, the PC world didn't really come to me until this podcast. So let me put it to you from my perspective, because this this has now become a relevant point from an earlier discussion. The fact that Epic and Origin and Steam exist does not really, in my uh, in my mind, make something truly an exclusive content. Because guess what? If I got a PC and I have the right requirements, I can still play the game. I have an Xbox. I have a, there's a PlayStation. They're very similar machines. One may be a little bit better on the graphics, but this hey, you could say one PC is better on the graphics than the other. But I would literally have to go out and go buy another console to truly make something exclusive. The fact that I don't have all of my friends list on Steam that I have on Epic's Game Store launch application that I just have to download another program, to me, really doesn't make much of a difference. Now, maybe it makes a difference because it's RAM and all this other crap. But if you ask me, Epic... Steam, Origin, not console exclusive things. Now, what that doesn't change the fact that that people who pre-ordered on Steam are getting fucked over by Epic now with this whole last minute change. But you still have the thing where it's just if I haven't bought the game yet to download Origin so I can play Assassin's Creed does not make much more of a difference to me than if I can play something else on the Steam store. I can agree with that. I, I absolutely have no issue or qualm with this downloading the Steam Store or Epic Store or whatever launcher to play a game. I, I have no qualms about that. So my only qualm comes in when that launcher has already been caught scanning your personal PC outside of what it's supposed to. That's a different story altogether, I think. But it's still, think, it still loops into the yep, same, same party. It's still connected, but I completely agree. All right. If you go to target.com slash s slash CDs plus exclusive, you can see every single exclusive CD to Target. The top ones that come up are Carrie Underwood, Cry Pretty, 
It is an exclusive to Target. It comes with some extra songs. Imagine Dragons Origins is an exclusive. It comes with three extra songs. I have Tidal, and I'm looking at Tidal right now, and I have both versions of the Imagine Dragons albums with the three extra songs, which are Birds, Burnout, and Real Life. The only exclusive that Target has is if you want to buy a physical copy of the disc. They, no one is exclusive to streaming. No one. They have everything listed for on Spotify, it's on Tidal, it's on uh, Amazon streaming music, it's on Google Music. There's no exclusivity when it comes to streaming those extra songs. And in that ACDC album, you can't even find any mention of it for being a Target exclusive. Uh, now, they had and a special edition box that did, yes, include a poster and include an extra copy of the live album, but it was not exclusive to Target. Is you could still you can't get the poster. You could still buy the poster on the actual ACDC merchandise store uh, if you wanted to. Just didn't come in that special edition thing. Yeah, that was temporary in 2008 when it launched. Just keep that in mind. It was only a few weeks because I remember my dad and I made an extra trip to the store just to make sure we got that album. Wait a second. I can get the Imagine Dragons Origin physical copy off of Amazon. With the three extra songs? Oh, I have no clue if it's a three extra songs. Uh... So if you want to buy it, it's on Target site. It does say a Target exclusive, and it does say plus three songs on the Target exclusive. If I pull up title... Hold on, I will share screens real quick so that we do this the right way. Screen one, share. I will move my title over. Yeah, because my curiosity would be Hollywood Undead Street Dreams. Well, yeah, yeah. I know that's on Spotify. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yes. So Origins, okay. right here, it ends with Only Struck and Love. If I go back to Imagine Dragons, there's a second Origin CD Only Struck and Love, and then Birds and Burnout and Real Life. I'm trying to get the track list, but uh, Amazon's being weird. Well, fuck. But my point is that, I, you know, maybe maybe I'm not getting those extra tracks, but I can still, I can still get the, um, I can still get the that that album somewhere else other than Target. So it's not necessarily exclusive. Yes. Yeah, you just can't get the three extra songs supposedly. Understood, and and that's an incentive thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Blue. It's like Destiny's uh, Xbox to PlayStation comparison. Like, PlayStation exactly. has certain maps and certain guns that Xbox doesn't have, but the main game is still there. Yeah, and that's an incentive. And those are probably, like, B-sides anyway. Yeah, and it's... Like, good B-sides. Yeah, and it's just more of an incentive. And I have no problem with saying, hey, here's an incentive to go buy it here. But that's not what Epic's doing. Epic is going, you, can't, you cannot shop anywhere but Target to get this. Like literally, don't don't care what you're doing. You can't shop anywhere else. But the incentive is you're use, utilizing the Unreal Engine. You know, you're getting a an a, a game engine for free, and if you don't want the royalties, that exclusivity, you know, once it's finished, you don't have to pay royalties. That's a huge difference. Okay, but that's and that's from the developer side, huge difference. That's so not from the consumer mm -hmm. side, huge difference. Well, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. That's the developer saying, okay, I'm working with Epic, and I'm agreeing with, yeah, we're only going to make it so you can shop at Epic. That's a strong-arm tactic to me. 
do you still think it's a strong arm tactic if you've got a small group, like let's say less than 50 people developing a game you're very interested in? Absolutely. That say, hey, to offset this cost, we're going to have to work with Epic for a timed exclusivity. After that, available everywhere. Please support us. This is not because we think Epic Games is the best thing ever, but this is literally to offset a what could be very large cost to an entry-level developer. I don't see it as a strong-arm tactic, uh, specifically because no one's forcing them into uh, utilizing the Unreal Engine. You know, this is Correct. a program that you could you could use for free and pay the the five percent royalties, um, and which is very a very small amount without having to require the development of the uh, gaming engine for your for your product, uh, or you do the exclusive exclusivity uh, for their game, and then you can void the the five percent royalties. I think it's a a pretty good option. No, no, I, I agree that it's a pretty good option. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that if a developer is going to come out and say, "Oh, well, we're going to go do this," you know, because we got to cut our cost. In my mind, that's basically Epic saying, "Well, that's either the developer saying we don't want to pay for it, we're going to make you pay for it," or that's the develop. You know, I mean, I, either way, Epic is going around the lines of saying, "Well, if you want to use our stuff." This is how you use it. I, I mean, okay, I, I can I can agree that it's yeah. You know what? It is a good deal, and and maybe me saying it's a strong arm tactic is a little bit, maybe it's a little bit harsh. <laughs> so I, I can agree with I, I can come down off of that and say it's not necessarily a strong arm tactic. However, it's boots. pretty aggressive. It is pretty aggressive. Um, oh, very aggressive. Yeah. very very aggressive. Absolutely. Uh, it's a smart way of, of, of going about doing it, but it definitely saves developers a lot of money. And you know what? It doesn't really change what the cost is for a video game for a consumer. I mean, you're looking at the AAA you know, titles being on average $60 before tax, or $59.99 technically, uh, and then anywhere between 5 to... But yeah. there, there's my point, though. Like, okay, if you're a game developer and you want to use the Unreal Engine, mm-hmm. pay for it. So if you don't want to pay for it, that's fine. But now you're gonna now you're gonna force the customer. Oh well, you have to buy it over here. And that sure that that to me that doesn't sit right to me. And I think there is the option to pay for the Unreal Engine. Yeah, there uh, is. Uh, so it, I think it's a, it's a good option. They have several options for the Unreal Engine. You can you can buy it outright, mm-hmm. and then you can just you know put it up. Uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. With wherever it. you want. Exactly. Yeah, you can make as many games as you want when you pay for it outright. So so I think this is the question then. Is this really Epic's issue or is this really you know the fault of the developer? You know, I think that going harping back to the beginning of this 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 question or this argument was, you know, Epic versus Steam based off of oh well, this isn't fair for Steam customers or you know uh, this is this is Epic's fault for for bringing up this question, or you know what have you, is it really their fault, or is it the developer's fault for for switching to an exclusivity after the fact of pre-orders? I, I think I think there's a whole bunch of blame to go around on that. I think it's both. I think it's both the developers slash publishers, whomever was involved there, and and Epic stores, because I'm pretty confident that it wasn't just one of those things where the developer just said, "Oh." 
hey, there's this clause in our contract right here. We can totally go over and be an exclusive with Epic, and we're going to be great. I think Epic had a, had a lot to do with it to say, hey, we're going to give you this big pile of money if you make it exclusive over here. And and that's I think that's the part that's not sitting with me. I think this is a learning lesson for Steam, that they need to rework their contracts. Oh, I think absolutely. They need to rethink, yeah. Because if you're going to do pre-purchases and you've already initiated with a developer, there needs to be a clause saying that if we initiate this, you have to stick with us and allow us to sell it to our customers. So let me actually say this, because I just realized that this whole time I've sounded like a Steam fanboy. I am not. I am, like, I, I, there are so many things about Steam that piss me off. But on the flip side, there are so many Steam's, things that Steam has done that are really just quality of life improvements that... Yeah, okay. If I'm if I'm buying a game and it forces me to download the Origin engine, okay. Yeah, I think Wildlands makes me do that. All right. I still have everything, all the all the amenities that Steam provides for me through that though. So and I can go buy it on Origin or I can go buy it on Steam and everybody gets their cut and I mean, hey, everybody's making money. But it's, it's just, just the way that Epic's been going around this. And I understand, that, and, and Steam does need, and Steam needs com- competition. It just rubs me the wrong way that, the way Epic's going about it. But anyways, dude, we're, we're way, way the fuck over time, and I knew this friggin' article was going to do this. I probably should have just said, this is what the article's about, or this is what the show's about. But Blue, tell us about this, uh, tell us about this next article, man. Oh, we're actually going to go into Thank, this? Thank yes, please. I thought we were going to do this next week when I'm not here. So, Pokemon Go has been around since, so oh, what, like 2016, July, and is now coming, is now completed their third year. So, they're actually now completing a lawsuit that's been brought forth by um, property owners, businesses, because guess what, people, when they say don't trespass in there, people are still fucking doing it, and it's pissing certain people off. So what Pokemon Go is finally agreeing to do is that they're agreeing that from this point on, we're going to cover, um, within 15 days, uh, removal, a review and re- possible removal of Pokestops or points of interest, POIs, in the game for 95% of all submitted complaints. That's whether if, and that's also like things like, uh, I think they've got a rule of now 40 meters within a residential area, like a residential home. They cannot have a POI. So I don't know if that covers also like Pokemon because I was visiting with my mother during the hurricane. It was rolling through Florida and Georgia and all the other places where um, the uh, they've built a neighborhood to it, um, and they have uh, south of it they have an original neighborhood, and then north of it's a new one. But they don't have any roads there, and no Pokemon would show up whatsoever because I was nowhere near a major road or any road for that matter. So I don't know if that includes like Pokemon, you know, like spawn areas, or if that just includes these gyms and Pokestops. But they're now supposed to remove those. They also settled in um, that, uh, so 40 meters of a single family residential property. Um, 
they'll maintain a database of complaints related to requests to remove those things, and they will maintain a forum on a website whereby an owner of a single-family resident or property can request um, a Pokestop or POI to be removed. Now, they've also talked about um, limited Pokestop um, hours. So, like, if you go to certain Pokestops, like outside of Starbucks, when they're closed, Pokestop still works. But places like parks where people could be trespassing, they're talking about now disabling those things outside of business hours for that stop. Now, this is all currently uh, U.S. They're not talking. They're talking about this potentially having an effect on the worldwide. And if it's easier to code, they'll probably do it worldwide. But um, I don't truly have much of a problem with it. I mean, I don't want someone outside on my lawn playing this game, like trespassing on my property. But uh, outside of that, like this whole parks thing, like screw it. If people trespass on the park after hours, either build a fence or have the cops come around more often and arrest them for fucking doing it. No, I, honestly, I like I like that type of idea because there are several ones, especially like these poke stops that are on military bases and stuff, where I've been reading that, and maybe this was just bullshit, but people were hopping the fences to go to these pokey stops, and it's like, dude, you're gonna get shot. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like like if that's if that's real, and and I have I have cause to believe that it's not, but if that's real, you're good. That's a way to get yourself shot. Like they they don't Hell ask yes. questions. They shoot. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's those big DOD signs or whatever that says no trespassing. Don't fucking don't come fucking here. Trespass. They mean it. Yeah. yeah, that's not like those post-it signs you see on your you know, the eighty year old neighbor's yard where, oh, you know, there's old crazy man Cecil, he's gonna come out naked with a shotgun again. No, no, that's not what happened. There are armed <laughs> guards with assault rifles in fatigues and they can shoot really well. Well, some of them can. Well, no, 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 no. If we're talking to army, some of those guys don't know how to shoot. Good point. Yeah, I mean, so not all of them, but some of them can shoot really well. Alrighty, um, we're going to yeah. save this last one because it's just a comical one, but we're just going to go into this question. I think there was only one question, and I honestly have no answer for it. Uh, I looked. Well, we have to we have to answer it, or else we're going to have to drink next well, time. Well, I'm, I'm going to answer it. My answer is going to be I couldn't friggin' find one. Um, the question is, is there a modern video game that does not have an exploit bug glitch? No. I, no. I can't, I, I searched, and I, so I posted this back on, I think, Monday, maybe Monday or Tuesday, and I searched, I literally spent hours searching, because I did not want to believe that there was not one. I, I couldn't find one. What do you got, Vin? Did you got one? I don't think there is any, I'm going to agree with you here, but I think the big thing is, is, so... If you see, if you look at the landscape of video games and when they're released in their time frames, it feels like, and you know what, maybe this is just nostalgia and like blur memory, but when you look back at the early to mid 2000s, there were less games that were released in an, so to speak, incomplete status. I disagree Be with that. Well, so how many games have you played 
that did not require a day one patch to fix issues and still had issues. It depends on how you're uh, you're manipulating the game. Speedrunners utilize bugs f- for games, you know, since the beginning. You know, if you play Super Mario, you can you can climb into walls and jump behind barriers and 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 bypass huge sections of a map through through exploits. Super, uh, Sonic's is the same thing. You can go like a thousand times faster than you normally would be possibly able to uh, to to do because of a certain exploit just because you played it casually doesn't mean that there weren't exploits that could literally break the game to make it you know uh, uh exploitable or you know game breaking hold on now Day-Mock, i think Day- hold on hold on Daymock was okay. first we got Daymock. so how new are we talking i would say modern game so uh I don't know, 2000s? The first Resident Evil, the second Resident Evil, and the third Resident Evil had no major exploits that would allow you to progress faster, acquire items sooner, or duplicate anything right off the bat. It wasn't until later patches, but the initial releases did not have those. Yeah, those were the 90s, Supposedly. Yeah... I know. Yeah, that's why I went with modern because I mean, I, I'm more I'm more thinking of, you know, PlayStation Two. Well, more three and and four and and that. Now, hold, because hold, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, vintage had something, then Blue had something. I still think it just it just gets frustrating that like you see these deadlines set for these games, and nine times out of ten these devs aren't willing to push back their time frame. Because of some restriction the developer put on them. Sorry, not pu- developer, publisher, excuse mm. me. And that leads to bugs oftentimes. I mean, we've all witnessed the debacles of a Call of Duty that clearly was not ready for prime time that required four or five major patches to fix bugs. I mean, this is becoming commonplace. And with the existence of early access type games like Fortnite, which I put in quotes big time because that's a fully fledged game that just has content being released on an accelerated schedule. That's a totally different topic, so to speak. But I mean, you have these you have these games that are releasing in early access where it's almost like we are okay with games being somewhat incomplete or buggy because you know what? The developers got something that's. 60 to 70 percent playable so why not you know i'm gonna counter argue that is that you know they're also more complex and the engines and limitations of those individual systems you know could be just a fault of 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 the game engine itself you know it's inevitable that you're gonna have issues with a game Mm -hmm. Um, with more complexity is gonna bring more problems yeah, which is why you see fewer game bugs within older games, but there are still some pretty big game-breaking bugs in those games. Oh yeah, what do you got, Blue? Yes, but they can't fix those in those original like cartridge or CD release games that don't have live updates or any form of a process for them to update it. So my question would be to ask you, Cecil: Are we considering games that released with no bugs or never had any bugs in their lifespan because Destiny had a raid where they had to put baby bumpers in for um, 
Atheon. Atheon. And in order to keep him from getting knocked off and dying, and boom, raid done. You know, that's not how they wanted it done. You didn't really bring the boss's health from full to zero. Nope, knocked him off the map. But you still won. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, but that's been fixed. They added baby bumpers so that you could never bug it. You could never um, exploit. They called them exploits, mm-hmm. but it was a bug. So you can bug him anymore. So are we considering games that have bugs f- been fixed? No, I'm, I'm thinking more on release. release. I'm thinking. I, th- I think when I was thinking that question, I was thinking more on release itself. Uh, but what do you got, Daymok? You got something? You look like you got something on your head. Minecraft. Minecraft was literally Minecraft. Bugs. Oh yeah, it was literally the Minecraft graphics. Is, Minecraft is not exploitable. Oh yes, it upon is. Upon release, I... not upon release, it was not exploitable. It did not have any major issues or bugs that were not hashed out on the 1.0 release. It did not have anything in that aspect that I can see from some Google searches. I'm sure I could dive deeper. Game mechanics allowed you to cheese certain things, but not actually exploit certain mechanics of the game duplication bugs have existed in minecraft since the beginning right there i was gonna say there's there you can use your you can use a workbench and you can actually duplicate i think you can get like a like a infinite stack of wood or stone or something with it and that was that's been there i think it's still there it's it's still there today they have to add in mods just to ban or uh, moderate individuals who may try in an attempt to use those they have been there since since day one. Yes. Okay. Server side, it is showing. It is talking about that. I'm looking at Minecraft 1.0.0, and the duplication glitch is very much a server side issue. So yeah, but in the base game, it's not possible. No, no, you you could trick it. You could at, you could but, trick it because all you did was you just tricked that you were yes. connecting to a server. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you're super exploiting <laughs> at that point, man. Like the actual it's... if you were playing a single player game and you weren't legitimately trying to bounce servers. Well, okay. I don't think any game has really been non-exploitable. But, but that's, a, that's the same thing that comes up with the No Man's Sky where that where that guy was saying how the game is broken because they figured out a way to make two players put together to exploit a duplication bug. That's honestly that duplication bug is the exact same bug that we're talking about in Minecraft. <laughs> what do you got, Blue? You're, okay. you're, 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 I could see you talking. What do you say, Blue? And Minecraft, since day one, since day fucking one, I've never gotten into works ever since it's been fucking released, has had horrible 8-bit graphics. <laughs> they do not resolve to a better resolution. Excuse me? <laughs> they do not have better graphics. This damn... It shows up as 8-bit fucking graphics. Everything's boxy. <laughs> it's horrible. It has not resolved itself. Blue, whatever drugs you are on, can I have some? <laughs> they talked about fixing it at at E3, and they still haven't fucking done it. <laughs> what are you it. talking about you know fixing? You know what? I got it. I got it. Blue's got a very valid point. You know, it is, it is pretty blocky graphics. And, you know, I mean, that's... I can see that. Thank you. There's an RTX <laughs> and a high-res texture pack update coming. Calm your tits. Look. No, no, no. The Men in White quotes 
said I was crazy. But you know what Cecil just fucking proved? I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> Did uh, those men in white coats put you in a straitjacket there, Blue? Because Jesus Christ. <laughs> they put me in this jacket that makes me hug myself. No straight jacket, but I, you know. On that note, Blue Shark, where can people find you at? You can find me running from said men in white coats on Twitter at Blue Shark 45 or hiding out on the GNA uh, Discord as Blue Shark 45. If you want a game, hit me up there. You can also find me on Three Player Co ops Discord, which. By the way, I was recently involved in a fantasy football league, Cecil, for, that is hosted on the three-player co-ops uh, Discord. And you know what? They talked about where you can find this wonderful podcast. So I would just like to shout out that, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not checked out three-player co-op podcast, please go to your favorite podcast delivery services, such as iTunes and Google Play, and check out three-player co-op the best canadians and alabaman podcasters you will ever listen and to. and they're not trying to poach blue shark whatsoever wait what? <laughs> <laughs> dave Mark, where can people find you out man you're not supposed to know anything about that <laughs> too late uh i'm exclusively trolling the uh gna discord very nice what about you Cole? where can people find you out man they can find me exclusively at the GNA Podcast Discord. What about you, Vintage? Where can people find you at? I mean, is this the time that I that I reveal the personal stuff? I guess not. We'll uh, find out next week. But uh, really just the GNA Discord. Um, harass me if you want alcohol reviews. Harass me if you want anything done. I don't think a dick is different from another dick, so... Uh, Let's uh, have a great show next week and a great show this week. Well, we're all dicks here, so. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. You stream, oh, Blue Shark's pulling down his pants. Nope, okay. Uh, you stream Twitch, uh, Mixer, Facebook, pretty much everywhere else. So go check me out. I'm happy to uh, have it hang out. Also on the Discords, TPCs, uh, GNA's Discord. All that other fun stuff. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a new one, Cast something. Cast Stream or something like that. I don't know. We're, we're, ever, we're everywhere. If we're not someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook by just searching at GNA Podcast, all one word. You can also join the Discord chat, see the pinned tweet. We do a game show night. If you're listening to this, it already went by. It was last Saturday, but we do it every first Saturday of the month. Pretty much it lines up with Humble Bundle's new uh, monthly bundle that gets released, so we can kind of bullshit about that and maybe give away a game from it if we get it. Who knows? Who knows? Um, that happens on www.mixer.com forward slash GNA podcast. We have partnered with Humble Bundle. Hmm... Hmm. Damoc, you think you could do it without going full retard? Uh, I need a script, or I'm just going to say <laughs> partner question mark equals GNA podcast. Why don't you tell, why don't you tell us about Humble Bundle, Damoc? <laughs> full retard engaged. Ah, uh, Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service that we, not me, but we, 
GNA are partnered with. You purchase games like you normally would, but with a slight twist. You can choose what part goes to the publisher, to Humble Bundle, or to the charity. You can give it all to charity if you want, which is what you should fucking do. Give to charity, goddammit. It's like a tax write-off. I swear to God, you can do that. Or none of it. Fuck them. You can give it all to us. I don't care. Your call. Throw that question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of your Humble Bundle link before you buy to let them know that we, not me, but we, sent you that way. So far this month, we have raised uh, $2.84. That's it? The fuck is wrong with you people? Buy more goddamn games. There's a lot of good games out there. If you don't have Graveyard Keeper, pick it up, dude. It's on Humble Bundle. If you don't have, like, all the new Stardew Valley stuff, new shit's coming out for that. Buy Stardew Valley. And put the damn question partner equals GNA podcast at the end of it. It's great. Um, so yeah, we raised it $2.84 for charity through our partnership with Humble Bundle, but, you know... We could do better. We, we totally can. But it's only, what, the, the fifth of the month? Sixth of the month? Yeah, you know, it's the sixth of the month. We should have been doing better. But yeah, just put that question mark, partner equals GNA podcast at the end of any Humble Bundle link. If there's a question mark in the Humble Bundle link, just delete everything after it and put question mark, partner equals GNA podcast, and that'll get to us. Uh, do you like anime? Because we like anime. We have Anime Night hosted every Wednesday night by Blue Shark. Well, I mean, he's hosted one, I think, in like the past month. <laughs> Yes, sorry about that. Hurricanes and work. So, I mean, it's supposed to be by Blue Shark, but, you know, (laughs) hopefully he's here this week. We'll bust his balls otherwise. Um, Hell yes. (laughs) Check out, you know, I was going to say check out our good friends uh, Susan and Brian Langell over at uh, TPC, but, uh, yeah, well, we don't have to because Brian already gave them their plug. Or, Brian. Who the fuck's Brian? Blue. Blue already gave them their plug. All right, that rum was really good. Um, we do a horror movie night every second Saturday of the month, so if you're hearing this, coming up next Saturday, we are going to be having a horror movie night hosted by Zyberblood. We do that on cast.gg, same place that we do our anime night. So come check us out there. It's super fun. We have a good time. We want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new artwork and logo, even though, you know, he, again, said, hey, I'm going to be here full time, and then totally bailed out again. So, yeah, fuck him. But we love him. We love you, Shadow. What's up, Daymark? So, um, maybe I fucked up, or maybe you fucked up. Isn't game show night the first Saturday of yeah, the that's month? That's what I said. So, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. But if you're listening to this, since we released on Tuesday, it happened last weekend. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm fucking <laughs> <bad. laughs> So check out, check, check out Shadow at MorganBS.com. You can email us at GNAPodcast at GNAYourDNA.one. With questions, comments, death threats, we don't care. Um, we always want you here. And last but not least, check us out at www.fuckepicgames. Always buy from Steam. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You're all goddamn trash. And Valve developers, I love you. I don't <laughs> care what anybody else says. Oh, You're fucking amazing. Duh! C-O-M or GNAPodcast.com. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me tonight. I had a great night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Have a good time. <laughs> <laughs>